obviously the, the the smash beat love the beat once again like psychedelia for days with that beat also i mean i'm not gonna say it ben but if you want to say the line like i'm not gonna say it but no, no. Shoddy suck my dick in the bathroom. is your living off borrowed time podcast for a very special episode a very special month of may uh, if you're hearing this welcome to playboy cardi month this is has long been one of our favorite artists on the podcast as you know and we will be talking about cardi this month we're going to do a three episode uh format so this is episode one of the trifecta and it is centered around Dial It, the seminal, you know, classic, uh, generation-defining, I would say, album. Uh, Five-year anniversary is coming up on May 11th, so you'll hear that podcast around the time of that anniversary. And it's just like a little special thing that we're doing on the pod. I'm planning it for a while. Big shout-out off the top to Wyatt, who's going to be assembling all of this, but this episode... You will hear us talk about the Cardi self-titled album in 2017, his first record. But before we do that, we have to start at the beginning of when Cardi was coming up. And before we even do that, I, the host of this episode, have to introduce my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I feel like we have an abundance of things to talk about on this episode. Uh, absolutely. Uh, dozens of tracks worth of material. And uh, we will be talking, of course, about In Abundance, as Patrick referenced, uh, along other Cardi Lucys. And, and to, to do so, um, I've invited another other person, special guest. You've heard him on the podcast. He's, he's one of the many honorary members we have at this point. But uh, Ben, a.k.a. Created by Rejection. Ben, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. Good to be on again. Very, you know, listeners, you usually hear him on when he's talking about like underground rap shit or like eat records or whatever. So this is a nice like change of pace. I feel. I feel like you're, you know, you're you're diversifying the portfolio of of appearances. It's good to take it back to some old classics with this twenty right, right. fourteen the, to sixteen Cardi era. We're 100%. not so modern anymore. We're going a little right. bit back, not so far back, but a little. It, it, a lot of the stuff from the era does feel a little, uh, a little nostalgic in a way, especially the production. But we'll get into that. But um, y'all are already making me feel fucking old by talking about this shit. Sorry, I, 
I realized that as soon as I said it was old, I as soon we as I said a, it, I was like, we, I'm sorry. God, we need Wyatt to throw he's something. He's got a bingo off. card. Make Patrick feel like he's old as hell. Oh yeah, these Cardi th- these Cardi classics. We need we need Wyatt to throw up on the on the YouTube uh, screen right now. Like Patrick feels old, and it's like a, yeah, a rocking chair or something. That's <laughs> not made for us. Is the living off borrowed time bingo card, and on that bingo card needs to be things that the living off borrowed time fans have not made for us, such as the living off borrowed time bingo card. The bingo card though could definitely be we've got like shitting on J Cole right next to the free space. That's got to be right next to the free space. Free space right off the top. Pro slash outro. 100%, 100%. You, you yeah. get that one right off the top. You have the J. Cole, you have the Logic, Hate, and then you have, like, some mention of a comment box that has to be in there. Uh, so, shit on my comment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, we have that in there. Uh, like you said, a comment about you feeling old, so then we, we've we already got uh, half the bingo card assembled, I feel like. Man, There's not much good. more to do. But... Speaking of, you know, you were you were talking about Ben and saying that he is mainly well versed in recent underground stuff. That underground scene would not exist without this Cardi album, though. That's the thing. Is this is kind of the blueprint, right? But the blueprint for all of SoundCloud. It, so indebted to the scene of its time, which is what I was struck by when listening to it, was that it felt. It was so weird because we just did the currency episode where one of the things we talked about in the currency episode was how the very early currency material was him finding his voice and he sounded just very derivative for a little while and that stuff was a bit boring when he was finding his voice and those albums just sounded like kind of lost whereas this doesn't necessarily sound lost while he's finding his voice. Like you can still hear him in it, if that makes sense. Like, because he's such a distinctive artist in that way that even though it sounds like he's channeling his biggest influences, it's not like when currency was trying to, and this is no slate on currency, by the way, because he would very quickly find his own lane, but there are different types of rappers because currency is more lyrical but it's the difference between being a lyricist and a vocalist, I suppose. And that's not a slight on either approach because Cardi is doing a different thing than currency is. And I'm not doing an apples to apples here. And I know I'm rambling, but it's more about in like their early career, like an artist in their early career is that currency coming up was just trying, like when you're in your early career and you're just trying to be a rapper, rapper, I suppose, you're just trying to emulate how those artists sound. Whereas Cardi was like, in terms of like, I want to sound like they do lyrically. I want to emulate their flows. Whereas Cardi is like, you know, he's trying to do a one-to-one Currency's trying to sound like slim. And then later he would try to sound like Jay and Wayne, just the way they flowed. Whereas Cardi is like, okay, Gucci flows like this and Keith flows like this, but I'm still going to like, but I'm going to structure songs differently. My vocals are going to be mixed differently. I'm going to structure songs differently. I'm going to stretch my vocals out differently. If that makes sense. Like even on this tape where you can tell he's emulating things, he's still doing it differently. Yeah. And I think when you talked about, when you talked about like um, him trying to find his voice, I think that's what he was trying to do on his early, early stuff. Like that Sir Cartier tape back in like 2012 where like he hadn't really found quite who he was he was still a little bit cloudy he had that sort of um 
simplistic flow that he was still trying to, you know, use. But it wasn't, it didn't really get started until, like, Young Zan Ho, that wow. 2014 track, that first one off of In Abundance. That was when it all started, really. Well, I can't really speak to Sir Cartier, unfortunately, because I downloaded it. And I didn't, I listened to the first two tracks and I enjoyed it, but like that's, that is more of a one to one. But even then, I feel like my point about it is that like on something like Yun Zan Ho, he's doing ASAP Rocky. Like, I think we can all agree that's more of an ASAP thing than like he, mm-hmm. than he would. See, I don't, I, I don't hear that. I hear that a hundred percent on Sir Cartier. I know you guys haven't. No, I mean, I, what I listened to from it, yes, that's also a one to one. But I feel like that the flow on that is, and there's stuff that I can't directly point to off the top of my head on In Abundance that feels like ASAP. But there's also Keith on there, and then there's Gucci stuff, including the Gucci track. But I feel like the way the songs are structured and the way the vocals are mixed, he's already experimenting with it, as opposed to other rappers like Currency or Denzel when we explored the Denzel stuff, or Freddie when we did the Freddie baby pictures thing, where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to emulate it one-to-one. Like, I'm going to go over the beat the way other rappers did the beat. Like, Cardi's not taking other people's beats and going over them. He's taking beats that he wants to go over he's distorting that sort of beat and just going over it in a weird way where he's emulating what he likes about the rappers that he's emulating and kind of doing their style in a different way where you can still realize he's doing their style but by the time he'd get to self-titled it was pretty much mostly him mm-hmm. yeah this album does have a lot it takes a lot of influences from a lot of people like you said keith is a big one like on this thing and it's a bootleg so you're getting a bunch of random tracks everywhere from different areas and like his um throughout his soundcloud and different points of his life it's not just like one big like collective it's not just like a collective uh sort of album that's supposed to like represent who he was in 2016 it's just one big lucy's collection thrown together so you can tell that there's just influences being pulled everywhere so yeah do either of you have any kind of insight as to how this was this just like some sort of Reddit dump or whatever, or who pulled this to get was it like who what kind of fan base pulled it? I like, can't remember who pulled it together. I man, well it was I wish I remember it was released in twenty sixteen, allegedly. Yeah. What's weird and, and, and that and I would say allegedly accurately because when I was on SoundCloud listening to it a few days ago, it did say seven years ago. So that was 2016. Um, it is 2016 for sure. I don't know who put it together, and there are some songs missing, so I don't know. Well, there is like, the what one, about it. But. There is the version I got on Soul Seek that is 18 tracks, which I thought was very interesting because that's somebody's idea of what this should be as a CD, which I thought was very. That was on Spotify for a while. Yeah, it was not Spotify authorized by Cardi, but it was yeah. uploaded by Spotify on Spotify. Um, I don't know what the reasoning for the tracks picked, but they're they're all good. No, they're all yeah, it, it, it's a it's a yeah. Someone just made like you know like forty percent of the album or whatever <laughs> and put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's kind I of think cool as having listened to that and also having listened to the whole you know content version it is chronological as to, like they didn't just listen to the whole thing and then pick the best songs and then sequence it. They listened to it through the whole they kind of picked the best songs in that sequence. Like 
you get it from the beginning to end. Like, there's no like picking the best songs from the end and putting them in the beginning sequence. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird yeah, way to it all- work, but it's kind of clumsy in that way. So I don't know. Like, and I also feel like the cash cardy stuff is kind of backloaded to it, as opposed. I don't know. Uh, I feel like the aside from Fetty, the best stuff feels a bit from like Young's. Aside, Aside from Fetty, Young Zanho is the best song on here. I don't know. How do you want to really approach this? It's kind of hard to tackle something this large. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think... I don't know how chronologically it was really assembled. I just feel like the Cash Cardi stuff is at the end, and I don't know if Cash Cardi... Because like, he seems to go by that name a lot in the later tracks, so I don't know if there's a chronological meaning behind that. Or if that's just random chance. I think it was I just. It, I definitely know it was it, just like. A, oh, go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I just. I. I think I like the first like 15 or 16 tracks are pretty. I'm pretty sure we're in chronological order. Like Young Zanho, Heavy Talk, Holy Field. I'm pretty sure those are all straight from like when he released them chronologically. After that, when you like get into like the the tracks where it's not really it, like his own track, it's him featured on someone else's. I don't know what yeah. like the reasoning is behind putting some of them there. But I think for the most part, it's somewhat chronological. Yeah. And you can definitely I think... when he drops sorry, off. Now, yeah, you can tell a difference between when he is not the, like when there's a featured artist on there. Because I feel like after a point, there's like other people start taking over the vocal duties more. There's like more of that. I guess what you guys talk about plug and B, which you're well more versed on me, well more versed on it than I am. I feel like there's more of a singing bent to the final third than the beginning. Yeah, yeah. There is there is definitely mm-hmm. a, a bit of that. And what I wanted to ask a few minutes ago, um, li- listeners, you'll you'll understand once you get to subsequent episodes of how we've been structuring it. But I wanted to have you on here, Ben, first and foremost because. I believe this is one of the highest rated Cardi projects you rated, if not the highest. Is this a couple questions? It's, one, well, it's not a whole lot of red, obviously. is number, my mm-hmm. favorite album. Is your favorite. Or second yeah. favorite album, I'd say, ever. Yeah. So that's going to be number one. I would mm-hmm. say, though, honestly, this comes number two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would put it over Dialet, actually, for sure. And it... Well, is a little bit of a toss-up between that and self-titled, this mm-hmm. and self-titled, but I would uh, just the amount of tracks. Like if I created my own twenty-five track playlist of this album, it would beat out pretty much every album ever to exist, in my opinion, uh, better right. than Whole Lot of Red. If you just took out, you know, twenty or so tracks from it and made the perfect album, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, so and the cuts I, on I, here are they can get right and i wanted to uh ask you because you you know you brought up dialet and one thing that we're kind of doing and you'll listeners will hear it in subsequent episodes but since it is the five-year anniversary of dialet some you know questions about dialet and necessarily like does it have does it have a meaning to you what did was dialet a your first cardi b like how what kind of meaning does it have for you if any at all and then like see you know how do you kind of think it 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 changed like the landscape of of rap because there's there's definitely a strong case for that to be made Mm -hmm. 
Um, so Dilit was not my first Cardi. That was self-titled back when it released, the day it released. But I was not in on underground rap music at the time. I was not really a fan. I think I gave it like a three and a half because I liked some of the beats, but I was just not like that invested into it. Um, Dialect came out in 2018 and it changed everything for me. Um, it didn't change it right away. I still liked it a little bit, but it wasn't until like October 2018 when I was listening to that album front to back nonstop every single day. I mean, it took over my life. And I think to that point, that's why it sort of like doesn't hit as well as I think it does for most. Because like for me, because I just replayed it so much and it brings back great memories. And I love all the songs. This, every song is a classic. Um, Cardi really like if I were to pick an album that was like, this is like the defining moment in his career, it would be Die Lit. I think a lot of people would say that I think. Most people say that like this is like the album that sort of changed how they viewed Cardi. If they were like they weren't feeling it back in 2017, they sort of got it after this one. And so it, I mean, just like everyone else, it's what it it did to me. It sort of changed how I look on um, rap and you know the so-called mumble rap style, even if that's not a great term for it. It, I mean, that's what changed the game for me, and that's what made me become an underground rat fan was that album. So it holds a lot of meaning to me, but it also, I replayed it so much as a sophomore in college that I just like, it's hard for me to go back to it as much as the other albums that he's dropped. Mm -hmm. um, and it, yeah, so it, it changed everything. But I, as for my like personal rating, I'd probably put it at the bottom. Interesting. And that's why I, I like, yeah. I think I noticed that also when looking at some of your ratings, I mean, you know, comparatively mm -hmm. it was going up against like fives or it's like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, and I had it at a five too. Yeah. I had yeah, it at a five I, it's, probably it until like 2021. Yeah. It was going up against mm -hmm. tough competition. So I knew it wasn't like you hated the record or anything. No, I, I knew that. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, oh, no. It was sure. more of, I wanted your perspective on, because I guess that, in abundance in this era of Cardi was up there versus for a lot of people, it's what comes afterwards. So, you know, it de yeah. derailed it for a little bit, but that's kind of a, what, that's what I wanted good. to get yeah. you on for. So, no, mm -hmm. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Decent. Yeah. It changed your life. It's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. It, it did. Like, it, it's it a, absolutely it's changed my life. <laughs> I just, like, I don't put it on anymore. It's, I, it's just interesting like that. It's interesting how like you can have something that completely like reshaped how you view music. Well, and it's just like music that's like I cannot pronounce the word E P O C A L epical epochal or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just like a sea change type of thing for you where it's like it, beca it yeah. becomes nothing to you though because it's such a defining moment for you. It's like you almost I don't know if it's so significant or you've listened to it so much that it it's not that it ceases to have meaning for you. It's just you've listened to it so much that it's like a word you've said so much that you say it so much, the word ceases to have sound that comes out of your mouth. Yeah. I would also take, I would say the equivalent of that is also like Ever Since by Blade, which I listened to a ton back in college and now I don't listen to it at all. And I would blank it very, very low 
in terms of my Blade albums, but it holds so, so much meaning for me that it's hard. An album can just never hard be to your th- favorite record, or else it's just getting thrown to trash after a no. few years. Oh. Caleb. <laughs> it, I, I, I gaslight Ben on this podcast. That's whenever he comes on. Yeah. My boomer ass <laughs> this question in my fucking back pocket, so y'all can't fucking judge me. No, I mean, look, look, the the real, like, there's all albums that, you know, every music listener, you know, new I mean, mine are obviously, you know, Loveless by My Bloody Valentine, you know, Lover. Every Taylor Swift album, yeah, 100%, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, that's that's Pat's Patrick's uh, thing right there. Professional Rapper by Lil Dicky is up there. Um, mm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, I my favorite. Follow some vomit to make that joke. So I'm just kind of having to <laughs> the window real quick. But also, bingo card, uh, the White Atlanta. You know, the White the White Atlanta. Do yeah, the little Dick Lander. <laughs> if you have that, that's probably uh, your upper left B on the bingo card. <laughs> but no, I think you bring up an interesting point and. Patrick, I also like the point that you made about how there was a lot of Keith influence. I definitely heard that too, um, because this is a lo- this is around the time also when Keith was getting into like the back from the dead twos and that yeah. era. So mm-hmm. the production was more like blown out and and like you know hazy and could be kind of murky, but also like really hard hitting at some songs. Yeah. Oh, Keith had a variety sound, to it. The song lengths are a little extended in that way, too. Like, I mean, well, Back in the Dead 3 has the seven minute Soldier Boy song on it, but I think, like, Keith was kind of experimenting with, like, dragging the songs out a little bit, not even in, like, the chopped and screwed sort of way, but just kind of, like, hypnotic a little bit, just kind of seeing how far he could push a sound. And I think that Cardi would go in the opposite direction a little, like, it's it's hard to explain because like a whole lot of red I think kind of goes in the opposite direction like he goes kind of like in the snippet way but not even in like the SoundCloud rapper sort of way because he was ahead of that curve too. It's hard to like explain how many curves this dude is ahead of. It's but, yeah, it's yeah. insane. You look Every at, single you look, album. At, you look at artists that were this era, and you look at I mean artists on this very you know bootleg project, but he worked with. People like, and Ben, you and I talked about this way back, but people like Uno and Fawny and, you know, even people like Key, um, Young Bands, obviously, obvious example, and even on the bigger names like a Rich the Kid or whatever. Those, I mean, not only has Cardi outlived all those artists, even when those artists had a revival and came back before they then faded again, that was still in the, the time of Cardi having his peak popularity. Like, when Fawny and Uno had their revival, like, in 2020, 2021, yep. Cardi was dropping a lot of red. His most relevant album, you could argue. So, mm-hmm. it's just insane. And Fawny and Uno are still dropping, and they're not that relevant anymore. Cardi hasn't dropped no. since Whole Lotta Red, and look at how relevant he still is. Yeah. I mean, and with, it's no hate and on Fawny and Uno, but... Yeah, and with those two, the music just like, isn't, like, as... Like, it wasn't as good. Like, they had... When when they both had their revival, like I was really into all their stuff, and it was it was guy great. who was really mad about that people wouldn't stop talking shit about his taper, right? Or was that which guy? I'm sorry, that no, was Uno, the guy who was mad that pe- he made the song about people talking shit about his taper, or was that Margella? 
Oh no, that's uh, that's oh. wild card Uno. Oh, yes. Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah, close enough. No, that's fair. That's that's a fair. That's a fair point. God, yeah. That's a fair. That's a yeah. song about the. Yeah, Uno the activist is the guy. Yeah, Uno the activist uh, is. Uh, I really enjoyed that song. That song oh, he's so, funny. So as, funny. He's this. funny as hell. He's funny as hell. That's like his calling card, really. He's that was like, like the, the most one. redhead nude song I've heard in a while. Like, there's, there's, the like a, there's a new, new Marjala song that angry as fuck. But yeah, yeah, that uh, yeah, Wild Caruno, yeah, he his calling card is he's just going to be funny and goofy on the track. I feel like that's like his, <laughs> and then he and that's all of his songs are like that. No, they're not all like that. But they're not all like that. But he's but been there's recently he's been doing that. Yeah, yeah, he he's been he's been on the interesting uh, run of songs. He's not exactly like my favorite, but I do like him still. Like I would I would I would rate him, but I just don't. I mean, I would call like, in terms of novelty artist song, like I enjoyed that, but I would not like listen to an album of that. But I enjoyed that. So, well, does he even have a full length? Ben, does he have a full length? No, I so. he does not have he's a full not. length. 45 second long song so i assume like I'm gonna yeah, say an ep i don't know they all just have soundcloud singles so it's a it's a lot it's, of singles. it's a lot of singles yeah um yeah from, from a lot and they of all get guys. deleted from rym anyway because reasons. true and then, and then they get and then they get deleted from soundcloud too keep, keep groveling <laughs> yeah Yes, it, when 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 you post a RYM uh, single and the link is to like a dead SoundCloud page, you're screwed. <laughs> you will get a rejection message that is incredibly snarky and makes yes, you yes. like do wide, do wide. do better next yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, moving so, on to moving on from RYM pet entry. We're sorry. Yeah, moving on, on bingo to board, like, bingo no, board. <laughs> Not even the niche listener to our niche podcast. So. But yeah, back to, uh, on the topic of in abundance, like we talk, the relevancy, obviously, and what it sounds like. I don't think it's funny. Yeah, like, Young Zan, Young Zanho being the first oh, track. Yeah. How many songs on here does Young Zanho sound like? Like not that many. Like mm, the, no, the, not the, that many at all. All of the PlayStation Two and like, Sam, well, and, like I think the that's a, PlayStation, that's a PlayStation One, dude. That's a that's a PlayStation One. Is that PS One? Did is I? It? I, I, I thought it was excuse PS2. my excuse my lack of gaming. Uh, uh, you were not born. I mean, you were. I was born. not. I'm not a when, gamer. When, either, well, so let's know, see. But I thought see it was what year, then. what year did the PS Two come out? PS One was, was two thousand. Right? Oh, the PS One was ninety four. Yeah, I was not. Yeah, I was PS1. long. I was not alive. Yes. I, I uh, played. I played a PS One before. I think, but I don't. I remember PS Two more fondly. Um, just from, I would say there is a long history of rap songs that have sampled video game startup sounds, but honestly, I can only remember this one and the um, shout outs to somebody who has no right to make music because they owe us so much more Frank Ocean intro to an album. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, the, the Channel Orange no, one. Bitch, right? The man did not feel well, so Nostalgia Ultra. I have no nostalgia for this man because, you know, go do better. <laughs> go do a whole fucking tour frank ocean um but yeah I, but i feel like there are a bunch of rap songs that have sampled uh video game startup uh sounds and i can't just remember them but this is the best one like because i feel like it's just such a simple loop and it works so well it sounds so good like it's and just such, yeah an airy sound done so perfectly the way Caleb, you know he... who produced this one too 
Do you know who produced this too? Um, I I I would cheat and look it up on the RYM, but I'm not going to do that. So what? RYM won't tell you. It's four five four. The plug. How do you know guy. that? Because that the, that's it. I mean, it's him. It people have confirmed. Oh, that's like it. that was his like his alias. His alias, like yeah, used to... Squills Beats. Squills Beats Holy is four five four. Production. Listeners live on the podcast. Guy, this is a genuine holy shit moment. This this is a, this is right now. This is a Peter Parker scoop. Y'all just got you just got scooped. Seriously, like all the times on the album, they say this is a certified hood classic. That literally is. This is this is how also, I feel. Do it. Do it in that voice. Quote unquote album is how it makes such good use of like packing sound effects and the trap of hogs drop and all that stuff. Like it's just like such like bullshit like sound effects, but it just really adds to it. I don't know if that's just like internet brain or whatever. It's just like cool use of it. Like and it might no, just I, I agree with you. Drops, but I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, Mexico on that, I mean, made use of that crazy. Yeah, Mexico drove, and then eventually the crazy taxi drop. I think it only happens once, but that that might just be my like fucking love of the dream guest. Shout out to Charles Hamilton. Donate to his GoFundMe for his new album. But that crazy taxi drop. Charles. Also, Uh, put um, that on the bingo card. We mentioned Charles Hamilton. That's true. It has been a little while. The bingo card with Charles. Um. No, I mean. You talk about that's so crazy. Four five four produced that song. We, we, we'll get uh, we'll get more four five four talk on the podcast. I've only been able to mention him on like uh, honorable mention or end of year episodes. But yeah, anyway, um, in abundance, like the way it comes, like Young Zanho, the way it comes on is just perfect. I mean, and Cardi's voice with the beat, you know, once again back to the vocalist thing, it's almost like a the rhythmic chance and like they mesh so perfectly. Yep. And then it's just like that hook, or even the first few songs, is also just like so key. Like the, like lucid dream, bitch, I bleed, lean, like all that. Like it's just so. You know, it's weird because when I first heard it, and I always thought it was an ASAP thing, but when you said the bitch, I bleed, lean, that does feel like Keith. Like the bitch, mm-hmm. I bleed, lean feels, and it, but it still all feels like at this point he is kind of just. I don't want to say regurgitating influences. It's more like a synthesis because regurgitation feels like lazy, whereas synthesis feels more like conscious. And I feel yeah. like that's what he's doing here. He's just kind of taking everything and just kind of putting it together as opposed to regurgitation, which just be kind of like recitation, just kind of taking stuff and throwing it back as opposed to just like uh synthesizing which is like taking everything that works and putting it together in a way and like recontextualizing it which is what he would do and like because i think that the self-titled is like taking cloud rap and i don't want to say elevating it because that's not what he did because first of all elevating means that cloud rap was something that needed elevated which i'm not trying to do a dumb pun because cloud elevate that's not what i was going for there and also that implies that it was lower and needed elevating which it didn't because i already hold cloud wrap at a high status and also also second also is that like what he does is it's hard to explain like cardi is a hard to explain artist like if you hear it if you hear it you hear it yeah essentially yes yeah. like 
I remember I was, I think I tried to start this anecdote and didn't finish it on a previous or, you know, we're nonlinear podcast future episode when I was talking about these episodes to people at work where I said, we're doing five parts, which you as the listener will hear is three parts because we're nonlinear podcast um, to people at work. And I was like, yeah, I like him, but my co-host loves them. And it's like, it was mainly his idea. And then my friend was like, oh, so it does sounds like you don't want to do it. I'm like, no, no, it's not like that. And then it's like, well, he's not really lyrical, but he is. He's like, sounds like he isn't. And it's like, what do I have to explain? And then I got really frustrated and walked away. And it's yeah. like, probably the right move. I have to explain <laughs> this, but I don't. And it's like, and then I'm like, you haven't heard location. And then it's like, then I walk away. Yeah. Well, what, uh, you know what? It's about like that. It's like, I just want to play location for you. You know, yeah, they don't like, they don't get it. They don't get it. I man. think I think that Chops, aka one Chops, and shout out to, to him and, and listeners, you know, spoiler, you will hear him on, on this on this episode talking about the self titled. Had a really good future. had a really good review. He had a really good review of in abundance, I thought. And he mentioned um uh, talking about like oh, yeah. you you could call like Cardi a non-entity, but that's like missing the the fact that even if you're just starting out, like the presence is is everything, and that's the first thing that you really catch on to. Like what he does with the beats, how he's able to get, and I'm quoting him here, like psychedelic juices out of the beats in, in certain songs, and like his his mic presence and his flows are are the big starting point. So yeah, you know that's the. That's the story. Cardi gets more out of one line than I get out of a hundred fucking super lyrical miracle lines. Like, period. Like, him having one sure. line in my head is more than a... Him just... Like, and I just keep going back... Like, every time I talk about Cardi, I'm just thinking about location. But, like, there could be a hundred things. Like, Rockstar Maid stuck in my head. Like, I had Fetty stuck in my head all day just prepping for this podcast. But it could have been any number of songs from In Abundance. Like, and In Abundance is something I rank below Die Lit. I'm sorry, Ben. Like, I rank it below a bunch of other stuff. Like, but that's just a testament to him as a songwriter. Like, this is all formative stuff. He didn't even want this out there. And it's Yeah, this isn't better this is all just like loose soundcloud stuff like he doesn't really focus on any of this anymore none of like the style it's all kind of faded away he doesn't talk about this era anymore but yet still you just listen to these songs and you can just tell the presence on the mic is so strong every lyric that he delivers comes with like power i just oh man like young zan ho you just any you just say like I'm sad as fuck over and over again, and it just sounds so powerful when he when he says it. It's mm-hmm. weird because there's something about the way Cardi does this that resonates with me. That Thug does it that mostly didn't. I don't know. There are some Thug songs where he does this, like Family Don't Matter. Absolutely did. There are some like some stuff on Jeffrey like that did. Like Thug does this stuff and it's like intermittent, but when Cardi does it, it almost always does. No, hundred uh, percent. Like, I mean, I feel like Thug is more like outwardly, quote unquote, arty about it, whereas uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Thug is more arty, like outwardly arty about it. Whereas I think it's hard for me to say like Cardi, arty, and Thug in the same sentence, and it just sounds. 
you know. But I feel like, well, especially on this, it's a little more raw. I would say um, this ain't, this ain't pod. This some raw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 But 100%. I feel like when Thug does it, there's a bit of affectation to it, whereas I think Cardi is a little more just like puts it out there like this is my personality mm-hmm. he's way more direct uh, bridging that you i think with thug though that that affectation that like kind of artistic leaning into it progressed over time like in the beginning yeah he was doing a lot of like the yelpy shit um and that was like what kind of got him known but he was still feeling his way through the influences like when Cardi feels his way through some of the Keefe and some of the other, like, you know, influences on on this and throughout the mid-2010s, Thug did that exact same thing on, like, 1017 Thug or the, like, I came from nothing right. stuff. And then by the time he got yeah. there, I know, you, I know you disagree with this, Patrick, this exact point, but to Bart- me, by the time he got to Barter 6, then he was going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel Are like... Are you yeah. not a Barter 6 guy? Yeah, I don't like Barter 6, but I feel like Barter 6 has a weird fucking tinge about it because I think Birdman wanted him to do Barter 6. That's, yeah. That that I do believe. There is some, there's definitely some Birdman hand rubbing in in the, in how that, like, and really, really what it was was the promotion. Barter 6 and him breaking off with Wayne and everything, and then Birdman, and then. It, it's weird, man. It just doesn't. Yeah, the whole thing was kind of sketchy, and but it doesn't sound. I think good the music's great. So yeah, it just it never sat right with me. And I know some people really vouch for that album. It it just I've given it a lot of tries. I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. I can see why people like it, but it just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. And I like most Thug stuff before and after. So, but. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting so one guys, to not like. Do you guys like talk or the remix more on this? On, on mm, album? I am a I like remix fanatic. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 right to now, me, to me, that's the right answer. Yeah. But I know some people vouch for the original over it. I mean, the no. original's fine. I think the remix has more to it, just in general. So. Yeah, I'll tell you right now that the remix is a top ten song ever for me. It's my f- probably played my favorite party song. It. Fuck, I listened to that like three. Or, that's another one. The thing about this was hard for me just prepping for the episode, where there are certain songs where I kept playing them over and over, and it was hard yeah. for me to listen to forty eight. Like I think it was forty five, forty eight songs, and there were certain mm-hmm. songs and certain songs I'd heard before that I just kept listening to because I liked them so much. I knew I'd heard them before. Fetty is top of the list, and I just kept repeating them certain time. Like yeah, that was the biggest problem. I mean, prepping for the episode. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, see it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to. to go, and I think mm-hmm. that's a test. In- to Cardi as a songwriter is that even in this formative period he was already that fully formed that he could just shit this stuff out more or less because I don't think he was thinking about it that much he was it was very yeah, like great he was. You gotta just shove them all out into the SoundCloud world yeah like yeah I, I don't want to like disregard that he does put a lot of thought into how his vocals sound how the songs are structured like 
like it's not just like he just goes into the studio is like bleh like gucci like at some points like we've listened to night rider we know that gucci does this sometimes but mm-hmm. shout out to night rider though you should listen to that but uh, everyone's supposed to night rider just once <laughs> but yeah better um, with gucci man what night rider by gucci man i have not i haven't heard it i gotta put it, it on uh fairy finds it's gucci. is it is it is it it's recent Gucci or is it old what Gucci? you think Gucci main night rider would be? I don't know if it was Zaytoven or Mike will, but it's like 2014 Gucci. The song's called night rider and the, um, Oh, okay. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, you're put. Yeah. It's, <laughs> he sings the hook and I'm putting some air quotes around this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an attempt. I mean, but it, it, it's it's worth listening to for, for just for it, it, it's about three and a half minutes of your life that you won't regret if you invest them into it. <laughs> Sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's yeah. on the topic of the the talk remix. Um, I really like, and once again, this goes back to the Cardi. Like, there are plenty of times. Patrick mentioned this on Whole Lot Red. Uh, which you will hear down the road. And he's mentioned a whole lot of red years past in the podcast, so this is not a, a spoiler. But you talked about how Cardi is clearly like enunciating, hammering into your head, my vocals are up front, and you're going to hear everything I have to say, type shit. And on this, now obviously it's earlier in the career, but on this one, even though he has some of like the very one druggy... Song you're talking the about way- take on this, actually, because there are two or three songs on here that he's really upfront with that I don't like that. I think presage songs that he does like that I do later, but go ahead. No, no. And, and that's, that's fair because there, there is an abrasiveness to it on some of the, on some, especially, um, uh, what a song that I like too, but I know some people don't like, like a song, like don't tell nobody, for example, where I know there's like, yeah, it's really, it's really in your face. And I like that song, but I know that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't blame anybody for not liking it. Um, but yeah, on this, even if you have the walls of sound, the very druggy stuff, like, what is it? Um, like I got depressed hose like that. Oh yeah. The, the waves of sound on that. It sounds like a fucking like, Oh, I, I mean, love the production on that, but, uh, okay. So opinions. On it's the a, one, it's, it's I like guess, this walls of percussion. Lug Christ opinion section. Oh just, no. No. Are you, are you an anti slug Christ kind of guy? Um, I'm an antichrister. I'm not. I'm not. You know. <laughs> not. You know, Ben. I, I, I'm gonna say it was never for. It was never for me either. And I like this sort of. Thing. It was never for you either. Never yeah. for me. It, it's not. It's not. Just kind of like he's a bit in the Nacho Picasso sort of lane, but not as funny. I guess. Like he's kind of like in that ironic. Want to be a little? I don't know. Like I always. I don't know. Like I don't know if he's trying to be funny though. I think it's just like a. See what's good about his verse. I'm certainly not going to cringe through it or anything, but like, um, eh, doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like he's he's got an irony vibe to his verse. I don't like. Hmm. I don't know if I hear, hear the irony, especially because he comes from such a like he comes from like that awful records group. I mean, it's like kind of funny because he way. comes from that group with like father and um, ethereal and that kind of stuff. But hmm. like he. He's such like a a legend in terms of like the people that like the current scene 
looks up to him a lot because like of that early stuff that he was putting out. And so, um, he's on some, he definitely hold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, father was, uh, father has some album cover. I thought it was really funny. He's on, on a piece of shit. I think was a f- album cover. I thought it was really funny. So oh, the, the one where oh, he's like oh, holding yeah. like the anime girl. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. that was like, yeah. 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 Like waif- waifu or waifu or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um but i uh yeah slug christ uh there was some other feature he had that i did not care for i don't know it's like there's some uh, maybe it's his flow or whatever but maybe it's just like some scene i'm not really well acquainted with i don't know maybe the vocals um, are an acquired taste for sure i mean it just there's no denying it to ne- yeah. yeah i i don't know mm-hmm. i can deal with it it's not a little dicky type situation where i'm going to turn you the fuck off type thing i don't think he's making a mm-hmm. joke out of it but yeah, I think it also works great with the beat specifically. Like if it was like it's a standard, like plug beat, it would be weird. I would think, but the fact that it kind of sounds like it's recorded in like the depths of like a cave and it's like this like murky vibe. And then when like these like eerie kind of gross vocals come in from him, it sort of like almost like amplifies that vibe a bit. So I can see why people don't like it, but to me, like just the weirdness and sort of the uneasy feeling that the vocals and the beat combine together. I guess that's why it stands out to me as one of my favorites. I wouldn't, that's the thing. I would not call it one of my favorites. I mean, I really like what Cardi does and I really like the beat. I feel like he keeps it from being one of my favorites because he takes me out of the vibe, but I would not say he's bad, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. he's like a net zero value to the song, which otherwise, if, it was just Cardi. It might be one of my favorites. So there are certain songs on here. I feel like are kind of like incomplete thoughts, which I guess is kind of like a testament to being a content dump. Like, uh, Ian Connors, I think is kind of, well, that's like a, that's like an interlude. Yeah. Like there are a few songs on here. I feel like it's just like somebody dumped this on the internet and there are a few songs on here. Like, um, trying to think of other songs like that. Like there are two or three songs. Sneak distance, like, like a minute long. Yeah, like it's, very, it's very, very seconds. I will say in the oh. in the short songs though, like money money counter is a, is is, is a money, counter, oh. great. Mm-hmm. money counter is great, and that's that's a song that has endured yeah. through years and years of not only Cardi fans liking it, but now here we are in the you know the the TikTok era, and it's been like you know re uh, oh, discovered. Dis- yeah. No, not I oh. just discovered it was trending. Like yeah, yeah like it's a, it's a very I was just popular, scrolling through and I was like, hold on. The like the the, beat, the thing is with, with that song, the beat of the song and like the the little hook thing at the beginning is very popular, um, mm-hmm. in the sense that like even for people that like don't like listen to a Cardi like that, just like the, the the sound is very appealing, which makes sense to me. It's like a catchy little, it's like a hooky little like melody. Um, so that yeah, that that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, and it follows a run of both- songs that are fantastic. I think, like that little oh, stretch, yeah, yeah. broke the, the 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 broke boy smash, like that whole that little run right mm-hmm. there. I think. Yeah, I think, I think f- Count It Up also is very like it's very similar to Money Counter in that way. Right. Where they're both like they got that Mexico production, and they both use a heavy auto tune, and they're both like mm-hmm. two minutes long, and so both of them put together back to back great combo well that whole run is like from by myself no help to money counter 
is like yeah, most yeah. of Mexico draw, and then the one ethereal beat. So it's it's very yeah. cohesive. Broke and boy in there too, and broke boy's yeah. fucking obvious highlight. Like yeah, mm-hmm. the hook. Like that's one hook after another. Like that's a punchline hook song. So that was the song that I, that was I think that was the first Cardi song I heard. I think back in the mm-hmm. back in like 2016. I'm not going to say that I was there in like 15, but I think in 16 I heard that one. And then I heard plug. I think those were the ones that I heard first. And then I heard that him on sense. telephone on telephone calls. Which I'm are, pretty sure I heard location because Mukid told me to hear location in the Soul Seek chat. I'm pretty and, sure it was. No. Shout, I'm pretty shout, sure. Shout out, shout out Mukid. I'm shout pretty sure Mukid. he lived in OG. Yeah, Mukid, who would go up every day to smoke to the Frank Ocean album on his roof, would be like, "Yo, I'm smoking this Playboy Cardi. You smoking with me in the Soul Seek?" And be like, "Yo, <laughs> shout Mukid. We're going to the I Prince episode one day. I swear, one day. One day. It is six years in the making. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, that run I think is like those songs are kind of like the archetypal. Archetypal like 2014 15 OG plug sound, so I think it would be mm-hmm. a good like, segue into a lot yeah. of this album. I want to hear a lot the, of like, this plug and B discussion actually because there's like the plug and <laughs> B thing about it, like this, the NB, like the that with Cardi is like the one thing about this that doesn't really sit with me. Like, there's some stuff about that, like the songs feel like. The length maybe doesn't go on. Like, I feel like he kind of seeds the songs to the guest artist a little bit when it's like, if I hear plug and B correctly, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are certain songs where he gives it up to other artists. If yeah. I'm hearing plug and B correctly. And like right now I'm just looking at kind of like the janky ass shit I put on my phone. And there are certain songs where it feels like other people take it over and sing. Mm-hmm. Three or four songs, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, especially the ones where it's like him and Uno and Fawny, and even him. Like the now, this is not a plug song, I wouldn't say at all. But like the funniest song on here, I think, is the one with like him and Gucci and Twenty One. Okay, and yeah, so that was so it's very. It's in, very right? early. Yeah. It's very early Twenty One. That is so. Oh, yeah. That was not. Okay, that for 21 is fucking hysterical. That is, like, the least 21 song ever. Because, Ben, that was before even, like, Slaughter Gang came out or any of those mixtapes. That's not even what we talk about here, but for 21, that's fucking funny. Yeah. I think 21 had the best verse out of all of them, to be honest. Yeah, Gucci was sleepwalking (laughs) on that one. Like, I mean, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, Gucci kind of sleptwalked, for sure. Gucci was sleeping, yeah. He was locked up during this, I think. Yeah, this was, uh, we got to consult Sophia on this, but I think this was like Ransom Gucci, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 20, no, I would. It's just so, like, to, I honestly wouldn't have known unless he 21, he did give us a 21 ad lib on this, and I was like, wait, 21? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah, so. That's bizarre. That was a bizarre song. Um, that's not. What do you think about the? Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, Ben. How many of the songs were like Chris Fresh song? I know the whole thing was. I think. And Fetty, well, Fetty, um, Fetty, and then there was the 
he did like a free he had like a freestyle. I think it was it. Oh, the, the um, Playboy Fresh freestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Playboy Fresh freestyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Fetty, I don't count because I think Fetty's its own thing. Fetty is a perfect song, and I will hear nothing against Fetty because Fetty is perfectly done. I oh. think everyone can agree that Fetty is like the obvious highlight, or at least one of the obvious highlights here. Yeah, I, like I, it's, I, it's, I, it's a classic. There's no denying. I would say stand above the rest. I would say Fetty, um, count it up. I thought Beef was on here, but Beef is not on here, actually. It should have um, been on here. It spiritually, it is, but it's not. It's not. It, uh, yeah. it should be. But, yeah. But, yeah, that, that ethereal beat, and that's a good... I mean, ethereal is all over this, and you talk about... I mean, you talk about talk, but the OG was ethereal. Lost, which is a great beat. I love that beat on, um, mm-hmm. on Lost. It's... Obviously, the, the the smash beat. Love the beat once again. Like psychedelia for days with that beat. Also, I mean, I'm not gonna say it, Ben. But if you want to say the line, like I'm not gonna say it. But no, we shoddy suck my dick in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's genius. It's so genius. Yeah, Why? It, if you want to make that the intro, you can make that the intro. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> actually yeah, yes. That. <laughs> Actually, yes. Throw it in there. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Love it. Yeah. Um, love that song. Love that beat. Yeah, that's a great one. It's got like such a weird little synth melody at the end that kind of doesn't even fit, but it's so it's so amateurish. It almost comes out like ge- it's so genius. It's amazing when it. Comes that's in. what I love about this tape, though, is that there are little mm-hmm. moments like that that just come out. Like it's his personality coming out. It's not just a content dump throughout. Like you just see that he just has like this personality in the music, in like the little vocal moments, and everything about it like mm-hmm. that's what makes it just for two hours of this like it's not just two hours of a dude just you know that monotone as makami said monotone bullshit raps on that song <laughs> so um there are you know, I mean there's stuff on here that's less good but it's two hours you know um there's the there's one song here's like five minutes long that I did not care for. It's one of the freestyles, I think. Uh, I think the it, ethereal freestyle, the for the people one. Oh, yeah, before the know people one. Caleb, you like, oh, you like the for the people one is one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, okay, the for the people one. If Lil B did that, I'd like it. Damn. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Say, I, I, it's just, just, to, just to, I mean. That I, I'm just making sure we're thinking of the same one, the one toward the end of the, yeah. the record. It's like the five minute one, the freestyle fe- yeah, featuring no, Ethereal. I, yeah. I know it's it's very repetitive. If Lil B yes. still probably yeah, it is a little repetitive. And that's kind of Ethereal style too, is it's a little bit of like simple beats. But I think that's why like they work great right as freestyles. I know um what's the other freestyle one? Uh pump fake. That he did, I guess mm, I, where it's like if, five minutes long. If Lil B did that, I would like it better. Not, I would like it. I would like, I would give it mm-hmm. a little, yeah, because it's well, still five minutes long of the same shit. So, but like, there'll be a little. I think Cardi does short 
he does like the short songs better than the long songs for sure. I guess that's like, the biggest criticism just... I have of this is that he hadn't yet gotten that he doesn't have to make long songs. Like, because I feel like mm-hmm. he didn't do anything of this length after this. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean there were what... stuff on self-titled, but the two long songs on self-titled worked together as a suite. Apparently so well to the point that I didn't notice. Where I fucked up on the next episode. Previous next episode, who knows? Who's to say? You as the listener don't know because this is nonlinear. But, um, but yeah, like, he really didn't, like, do anything really lengthy after this point. Like, he knew to keep it to a decent length pretty much after this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and I think, like, there is the, like, there is a samey aspect to certain sections of it. Um, all good, in my opinion, like, they're all good, samey things, sounds that I really have always loved, but I like, I do like how, even though it is a bootleg and obviously it's not official, there are, like, cool sequencing, um, quirks to it. There's a section that I thought was very, that I still think is kind of funny, where it's later on in the album, or, you know, tape, whatever, bootleg, where you have, like, what was the song that I was like, oh man, like they did they try to make a hit here? Was it Purple Pool, right? That one is yes. like, that one is like, was was that a pop hit that they were going for? Very interesting song, like to listen I to now. Didn't, um, no, I didn't. I thought that was a reference to something I didn't understand. I skipped it. Mm, I, no, it, I, I, I don't think it's it, I figured that I didn't understand what he was going for. I was at work and I skipped it. So I did not get what he's going for on that. Actually. Sorry. I think if, I think the beat is great. And I think if beat is a very like solo, didn't get what he was going. I for. think if it was a solo track. It would be way more like highly. The, the feature is like a R and B. It's like a R and B. Yeah. I'm not really it's a fan of cool. like goes vocals, but yeah, like I was at work. I like that was one of the ones I wish I had more time to give to. I just thought it was a reference to something of the time. I get what you're saying. I know what mm-hmm. you're talking about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's it comes what... off of an it, it comes off of a, a stretch of songs where that are like really like it. It comes off of a really interesting run of songs where that are mostly like either hype or have like great outstanding like you know harder beats i mean you look at like those like splur gang obviously you know the three of them like that's a hard song yeah um the the beat to robber is super good um and then mm-hmm. but even above that i mean a song that grew on me a lot over time and i actually had a newfound appreciation upon re-listening like earlier this week for this episode speedy gonzalez that beat is like, uh, like i mean that's uh, i mean it's got my, like a. Damn. It's got like a that's extraterrestrial. My most underrated. Yeah, that's. I love that. I love. I like the song. beat on that song. I mean, and it got stuck in my head. I wish it didn't. I wish I didn't. I, I just. I adore this song. The hard ass drums at that catchy chorus from it's Justin a, Rose, yeah. who literally only made a six nine song and then dropped off the face of the earth like what the heck happened actually uh, wait he made a six nine <laughs> song damn it you're right he did he he did right. the, the one that was like that was actually good yeah and then no, like never did anything again right made the best six nine song ever on this song like 
Under like under like un- Ugh, fuck. Yeah, you know that's that that's fair. That's fair. Damn, I never thought of it that way. Uh, we also didn't need that though. Yeah, but, but you have to. Also, this is also a couple. This is also a few years before. Yeah, we also don't need you to fucking genome six nine. <laughs> I think six nine was copying a lot of people. <laughs> Genome six nine. That's very funny. Um, I, I guess you know. I I, I hear you, no, Pat. But like, you're right. That's actually like a good dumb song. Like I can appreciate a good dumb song. Like I can appreciate the aspects that went into that. But I mean, it got ben stuck. Just, in my, I didn't appreciate getting stuck in my head. I did not need on the place stuck in my head. Like I've had it in my head for the past month, and I'm I'm killing. I'm fine with it. Just different, different vibes. I, I don't know. He's just, he's just, he's just built different. <laughs> I don't need underlay, underlay, underlay stuck in my head. I just don't need to be subconsciously saying that. <laughs> just not cool. Ben, uh, Ben, do you think paper is? You think paper is like a famous deck song, Ben? It kind of sounds like that to me. No, that that's not that's not the one that like has the Dexter like tag to it, does it? There was is that another was, one of those? Oh, oh no, you know, I think it does actually. Oh, it does, it does, it does. That was the one where he used that with, like, tag uh, several times, and I thought it was. He used that tag. I two thought or it time. was, but yeah. does he? Does he? Does he? I don't know. I'm thought he used that tag two or three times around that period. Like that's the thing about the chronology on this. I feel like they just throw stuff together from like yeah. I feel like that tag is there like around that period on this tape. Well, it definitely was around. It definitely was around at that time for sure. I just don't know if I feel like it's like that's why. Yeah, like songs got confused because I feel like I heard that and I heard it like two songs later. Just but that's why I'm saying Mm -hmm. it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I know we're talking about specific tracks here and there. Ben, is there a song that you wanted to to talk about? Because you know, I mean, this is you know some of your favorite Cardi on here. So um. I'm like thinking of what we hadn't covered. Well, um, I mean the 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 Uzi the Uzi song. I mean, I think is the a, Uzi a, song for me is is top five on here. Um, that, that's I mean that I was obviously. One, I used the one the one from the music video. I don't know if you guys heard a different version, but I always go for the music oh, video I always, one. I always use, I know I always use the one from the music video. Yeah, because I know that there's like three different versions of it, and I think the other two kind of suck. But the one where it includes like the stomping and the chanting and, you know, the music video obviously is a classic in its own right. Um, it's one it's of Cardi's so, best verses. It's so mid-2010s. It's so mid-2010s. It is. Like, it is. just everything yeah. about it from, the, think, from the, the, the references to, like, the fashion choices to the cards, everything is... Yeah. Is so like time capsule e more than really a lot of stuff that you can find from Cardi. So I find it pretty amusing. Yeah. Like for me, that's like peak of sixteen twenty nine. That's where it all. That's where it hit its peak. That's the best. You don't they think? Ever got. Do you think they're ever going to put something out? Because I don't think they're ever going to put something out. No, no, I do not think they will put anything out. I think that's unfortunately. Considering apparently how much material they recorded, like I was not aware of the tracker until you showed me the tracker, and apparently. Apparently they worked together for a while and then got real pissed off at each other, which tracks, but um, mm-hmm. they get pissed off at each other. Um, yeah, I guess we yeah, have talked about that era. 
the era right before Whole Lot of Red dropped, when they were like back and forth on like hating each other and loving each other, was yeah. so exhausting. I but also, you. like, there's I, a, there's a, yeah, <laughs> yes, I hate you, I love you. <laughs> um, no, there, but that also, that also like, could could have been WWE, you know, like could could have been mm-hmm. a little bit of that too. That's true. That's true. Wait, um, we, want, we want to talk about, want to talk about the the, fe- the feature that says like he he has the Radiohead reference. Oh, that's um on the cash, right? Yes. Yeah, it's fucking possible. I just think it's what hilarious he that that was on still bong Radiohead proudly. Yeah, something like that. That's such a <laughs> such a weird thing to say, and like I, a, I think he might, he might have said probably. I don't know. It was it, he said something about bumping Radiohead. <laughs> That's so weird. Very strange. Um, yeah, yeah um, underrated track. Odd. Though I think most people haven't really discovered that one. So. Um, those like no, heavy feel, synths I, and that. I feel like some of the feature tracks are not as like talked about because the like the fan favorites and the like you know defying classics on here. Those are going to be mm-hmm. you know the ones that get get the most. Yeah, uh, I think I think an underrated right. one that comes from like a feature is the Tudor featuring Lambs. I think the beat is extremely underrated, and if it was solo Cardi, it'd be rated as one of his best. Uh, super oh. cloudy. Um, Cardi flows over it great. I don't know how I feel about the Lambs feature, but the overall, the song. I well, it's also got great, a great like, the tra- trap money Benny, who is a yeah. slept on slept on producer. I think overall, I mean, that's not a mm-hmm. he never really got like a mainstream like full shot, right? I mean, he worked with a lot of artists like Yachty and Rico Nasty, and yeah, for someone who was so in on like the underground back then like he never really got his props i think never got a mainstream he was kind of everywhere and then i know he did he did some stuff with key later but key was never anywhere close to to mainstream yeah it was disappointing Mm -hmm. yeah he's got some good stuff no for for sure um Mm -hmm. for sure i'm I'm looking at the some of the stuff that he produced it's like damn that's that's all good shit but um no, I mean I think that that song is in a, is in a tough stretch because the ones around it are the Talk Icy Twat remix, you know. Uh, the, yeah, the no, that's true. Left, yeah. right. You're in, a, you're in a stretch yeah. of, of of fan favorites and classics, and that's that's a song in there. So that's mm-hmm. tough, but uh, it's just tough competition. Yeah. Like this is just like the fucking Olympics, and you're swooping at like Michael Phelps. Like it's especially yeah. in that like that run of songs too where it's just yeah. like and that's why even I think it's non, also, even non-believers like 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 those songs i feel like the thing about yeah. it is i make I think, the analogy about cardi and pollard all the time on this podcast but like pop like he put out the things about like um suitcase all the time whereas like he put out these hundred track dumps where it's like this is this the shit i do in my spare time and this is essentially cardi's suitcase like this is just a hundred mm-hmm. tracks of what I did like when I was in like my amateur leagues. And yeah. This is and his amateur leagues just made like seven genres 
eight genres that I don't even know anything about. You're like talking about like Uno the activist and Margella the slow the slur guy who like offends eighteen people every week on Instagram or whoever the fuck and like fifteen other people that I don't know the fuck about and all these other guys. And like Caleb, did yeah. you introduce him? Was it you that introduced him to Margella? Uh, I did that, not know. know. Yeah, well, the thing is, is, is people it, it just in the in the um, you know in our in our Discord, people were people were Everybody talking about it. Yeah. I, I just find that so funny. SoundCloud. Oh, it's it's objectively hilarious. Objectively, I just yeah, find it like, funny that that Pat knows about it. Old man, listen to SoundCloud rapper who yells into a mic, and I'm like, I might like this. And then Kitten Peeps, like he <laughs> liked stuff, and then he's like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, this didn't turn into a Patrick is old discussion. It just it was. The 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 that music could be aggravating to anyone. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, that no, is no, an no, abra- yeah. yeah, that is an abrasive uh, artist who I don't even like like all their stuff sometimes. So I it's like just, it's, this is about yeah. Margella being abrasive now, because <laughs> he is. Yeah, very 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 abrasive, but also you know, bangers. So but supposed to be about Cardi just being like somebody who just kind of just like breaks genres without trying because he doesn't try to, but he does. And it was more just about like how there are certain artists like Gucci or to a lesser extent Thug. Because mm-hmm. I don't. Think well, do you Thug- think do you think some of that is right place, right time, and then people catch on to like what you're doing and they and they want to emulate it? I mean, specifically the plug genre. I feel like it's. I feel like you got to credit Cardi more than just being right place, right time. I mean, like, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, Holy Field. Four it's times like, over. He's done it. Yeah, like, that's, that's, like, that's that's a good point, Pat. That's a good point. I'm not obviously I'm not trying to discredit like my favorite artist, but I'm just I think it is interesting how how often it's happened, where you have like the impact of of and this is not even this, these were just songs. You know, they weren't even a, they were obviously unofficially assembled, but it wasn't even like they were prepackaged for you in sequence in a way. These are all songs that people went out of their way to hear individually, probably. For the most part, mm-hmm. and they caught on, and they became yeah. like these, un- these underground hits, like if you know, you know, type hits. So, and then to to help, I mean, the production obviously is a huge part of that, but to help birth plug, which had this moment, and then it went away for a little bit, went away in the limelight, and then kind of came back, and now has been for the last few years like a, a staple. In the underground, now it has it's, all these different. Per- it is the underground and yeah, that is it is the the bedrock of what the quote unquote underground. I would argue know. that the way that music has been disseminated is actually the way that information is disseminated now. Like thirty second chunks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's there are definitely parallels, which is not good, by the way. I mean, it might be good for music because, like, people can just, like, disseminate, like, okay, I like this 30-second chunk of music, I might want more of this. There's something more to this, whereas, like, there might be more to information. Maybe I should have more than 30 seconds of this, if that makes sense. But Mm. I feel like, I don't know, that point got away Mm. from me. Um, But you understand what I'm saying. Um yeah, Playboy Cardi is more important than politics. Is my point. <laughs> yeah, and that's Playboy Cardi is president. Is my secondary point. Play, Girl, Playboy Cardi. Playboy Cardi twenty. 
Uh, someone has already come up with that. Uh, that I'm sure on Reddit right now that some dipshit is probably put him on a fucking ballot on the fucking oh. yay Reddit. Oh god damn it! No, we're All not right, doing, stop we're it. Not no, doing, no, no, we're not doing no, that. No, Most no, ethical no, candidate no. of the 2024 election. That riff. You, you gotta stop. We gotta stop doing this. We gotta, we gotta no, stop. every time, every single goddamn time. No, not to, not tonight, Satan. Um, not tonight, Ben. You you said you you something to me last night that I wanted to readdress because I, first of all, you reminded me that I wrote a review for the track "The Omen," which I forgot about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, and then you said, um, you said to me that you didn't. It wasn't one of your favorites, but then like it rose up in your estimation a lot, like on revisiting, and to me. It was a similar deal where on revisiting those years ago, whenever I wrote that review, um, it struck me how it was kind of like a song that was unique in the sense that this producer who produced it did fuck all like things like OG Mako yeah. stuff. And that was like mostly it. And then uh, Cardi, it's like one of the darkest songs on here, just from like a mood perspective. Super and I find it pretty like. Yeah, pretty unique in that in that run of songs, especially because like it comes at an interesting position in the record where the songs that follow it are pretty psychedelic, and you know it it, it closes out with like mm-hmm. you know classics, and then before it you had like we talked about the Purple Pool, which kind of sounded like you know trying to make a pop song, and the Booty Chain remix, which to me is still mixed a little too low, even though like I like Booty Chain, but it was just mixed too low. The lo-fi like, feel is so crazy on that one. It is. It is cool. And it's kind of cool that they have. I just have to jack the it's volume. It's cool that they have like a, a collab too, because like, you know, Booty Chain is obviously very closely associated with Black Cray, so yeah. that's kind of like a neat little link right there. That yeah, the the closest they could ever catch. the closest they could ever come. Although it is ironic because you could hear Black Cray over some of this. I feel like no question. Yeah. Um, especially sure. around especially around this time, but. Um. Yeah, he was making tread anyway. But yeah, the omen. Like, what what struck you? I guess on re-listens or any other songs that on re-listens you were like, oh shit, this rose up in myself. With the um, team. one of them that like immediately stuck out to me that I totally slept on was Ooh, uh, featuring Juice Savage. Uh, I just oh yeah, the beat is just so damn catchy. It's unbelievable. I think it should be considered a classic Cardi track, honestly. Um. It's just the the repetition that Cardi does so well, where he doesn't say much, and everything that he says, he said it before, but you hear it over and over again, and it gets wormed into your brain with this bouncy beat. It's genius. Um, one of the more underrated tracks on here, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, when you said that, I think you said that yesterday, I, re, I revisited, and it was um, mm-hmm. definitely one that I was was into i mean my we talked about how great the run of the top is and it is and then there's that run in the middle you know fetty the talk remix the the two-door yeah uh, you know all all that that run i mean for me and i know i don't know if you feel the same way but like those last four songs like the way it ends to me is like the oh yeah in terms of sequencing it isn't always like perfect on here and and the raw appeal is the rawness is part of the appeal in my view but that's like sequencing mm-hmm. the way it ends like 
you know, the four, the freestyle for the people, four tape, I mean, four teaspoons, four tablespoons, whatever you want to call four, it. Four tablespoons. We got to <laughs> Yeah. Four tablespoons. We got to talk about that one. It's one of the best <laughs> off the bootleg. For sure. That's this, I don't know. Four tablespoons is, is, is beautiful. I mean, the, the bands and, you know, like they're kind of, I don't know if you knew this, but yeah. Um, uh, Lucky, watch my back. The last song over. It's just that sped up. Like it's the same beat. I did. I it, you know, I, lo- I love that song. I love 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 that song. That's a that, very good point. And it never. I always, like, it always reminded me of something. Yeah. Oh, that would that's be a good the one. Pull. See, this is why we. This is why. And we then, you on. Okay. Yeah. This is why we invite you on the podcast because it's a it's a good. And one. then you just have all those. All those trapaholics tags scattered everywhere throughout the song. Yeah. I mean, Dro just like decided to throw every single one that he had in his beat pack, and it was I don't know. I like the over the atmospheric. Like, I like the one where it's like, "Stop! This shit is hot. Run it back. Stop back. <laughs> run it back. This shit <laughs> is hot." Or toward the end, anytime like, that comes on. Yeah. The, what's the one where toward the end where it's like, uh, if 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 this isn't the hottest thing out, like you're out of your goddamn <laughs> mind or so, something like right. that. Goddamn yeah. mind. Yeah. Classic. I did not know that about the beat being just like sped up. That now I have to listen to it because I have both those songs on my hard drive. Damn, bam, where'd you find mm-hmm. that? Um, da- da- <laughs> damn, Ben, where'd you find that? Should you know petition <laughs> for the next? Uh, uh, new new trap but but those tags ben to your point like that that really epitomizes like this era like this era of of rap music where it's like the smoothest beat with just layers of nonsensical tags it's genius it's like the most it's the best thing to come out of soundcloud rap in my opinion is cloudy beats with overlaying uh sound effects that's to me what says that's what says yeah. it all about SoundCloud rap, and that's that's a perfect like encapsulation of like you know that song and what kind of like defines the era. And I think of one song that really made plug into like a mainstream thing was literally plug. Like, see why you like Lil B so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lil B does he does that a lot. But plug is is. I would say it's between this and Broke Boy for the defining plug song, in my opinion. This is I think having the name much... in, in the title, albeit maybe not a direct reference, but yeah. Maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not linear. Uh, oh, you know, maybe. But yeah, maybe maybe not. But I think that like mm-hmm. just it's Sorry. it's the apex. Patrick mentioned this where uh to me off air, but he was just like like this is the apex of like uh, Rich the Kid. Like this is not even close. Oh like, yeah, this is like it's. This. I don't think anybody. Well, that's it, a, it's not a contest at all. Oh, bar though. To be fair, <laughs> like he's got like two. He's got, got like plug walk. <laughs> yeah. Also with yeah. plug in the title. <laughs> yeah. Um. He had that one song with Lil Wayne that I liked a lot, but that was oh, yeah, like, like, that was a long. Is it like feel like? Two- or something or like uh, he's got like one of their good song with Wayne yeah he had a song with Kendrick that you probably heard um just oh, for I, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah he he's again like I said in that review I just wrote he's like that dude I, 
ends out with your friend group who's like that's such a good fine. review like fine and then like mm-hmm. you can't remember anything about him well that was his whole deal is he just kind of like rode the coattails of Migos right that, like, that was like yeah. you ask anyone about him it's like but it's like, yeah. Yeah, he was the guy featured on the Migos mixtapes early on, and that was, he's and then made Plug Walk, and that was about it. He's actually. And New Freezer. Yeah, he's fucking missed. Like, yeah, like there's nothing objectionable about Rich the Kid. Like, I couldn't say anything bad about him. To be fair, I've never listened to a full project of his. It's probably terrible. But I think oh, I listened to yeah, all this year's when it came out, but. And he sucked on it, but yeah, he was. It's not, not the thing. The thing is, is like what what epitomizes what Rich the Kid got, you know, got from the the Migos co opting in a way was the fact that he was able to like just dole out this hook where it's just a perfect, it's a perfect hook. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I am not going to, yeah. I am not going to rap on this podcast, but the whole yeah, hook is like ingrained in. Ingrained in my brain. Fine, and but if you think about it, isn't ASAP Rocky low effort rap? Like you know, well, maybe like higher, higher ambition or concept. Higher than higher rich for sure. Yeah, rich is Rocky. Is he's like low effort, but then he started making high ambition albums, which was kind of annoying. But they oh, when he did, yeah, yeah, like. I don't know. I, I'm not a big ASAP fan myself, but... Yeah, it's I mean, weird, because, like, I kind of appreciated what he was doing while still being irritated by it. Which is a weird <laughs> emotion to have. Mm-hmm. I'd probably only right. go back to Live Love ASAP. Yeah, right. the, the, the first one. That's probably the first the one. one, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the only one. That's is that the one. first one? Did I say that right? Yeah, no, I you did. It, it is the first one. It is the first one. Yeah. Okay. Dot. All I'm like, that. there another like at long last, and then I, I yeah, then yeah, he did all uh, yeah, and then right, <laughs> and then he was testing, and he should he failed. He he was testing a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of sounds on there. I will say I, I was just kind of slandering Rich the Kid, and I don't take all of it back. But I forgot Ben. Did did you like the 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 Dex and Jake Rich collab tape? Rich Forever? Oh, oh man, we didn't shit on Jay Crick. Oh, you haven't you uh, haven't heard it? I don't think it? I even heard it. No. That was a I that was like a, that, like a lot. That, that was a college uh that was that was like, I played that a lot in college with, with, with my friends. So no, yeah, that was that a that was a dope scene. Thing. That whole scene kind of is a rhyme past for me. A whole fucking tape of Jay Critch though. Well, I hate to yeah. break it to you, Patrick. Yeah, he has he has he has plenty of tapes. <laughs> I hate to I hate to break it to you. Single whole tape of Jay Critch seems like more than enough. I mean, you know, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to war on that personally. I, I don't I don't need yeah. I don't really care about like Jay Critch that much these days. But you know, at, back in the day, uh, I did like uh, that that collab tape. Like but. That. Uh, but yeah, uh, on that song though, like Pete Kodak too, right? You would, I mean, this like this no flocking came out this year or that year that Plug came out. Mm-hmm. Like this was, yeah. the Kodak was operating at a a very high level. A whole Kodak discussion again because it didn't go too great the last time we did so. But go on the song, go on the song. Oh yeah, 
I mean, quotables yeah, on who, top of quotables. Who would you guys uh, say is your favorite verse on this one? Who's Who would you say song? is your favorite? <sighs> Kodak. Kodak, definitely. Yeah. Kodak. I mean, I like the, I love the Cardi verse. I, like, Kodak. Floats. I think Cardi had. Kodak floats on honest. This. Kodak just probably one of his greatest verses ever. I mean, just because then even the I way think it Rich comes in. I think Rich has greatest verse, too. I mean, it yeah, it's the greatest oh, Kodak fucking floats on this shit, dude. Like, I can understand why he was, like, next up after this. Like, if this was, like, yeah. heard off of him. Like, he kind of switched so up the flow. And even the way it comes on, where he has, like, the little ad-libs before, it's like, a a a, and then he immediately jumps into his verse. It's like he's, like, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's like, doing jumping jacks on the beat, and then he goes right into his, his verse. Like, that's... That's really cool. The the uh, you know the vocal he's, he's doing Real. on there, which also reminds me of No Flocking because he does the same little uh, yeah like pattern before he starts on No Flocking. So yeah, Kodak really mm-hmm. uh, it was a it was a great era for him, and I think that song Man. plug is a good is I a good know. way to capture the, yeah. the the ethos of this, like the ethos of this whole bootleg, this whole Cardi era. I feel like can be summed up in that song because it has like this. This brash attitude, it has this new sound that people would run with, and it has a presence in Cardi on there that immediately stands out. And I feel like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree. I would say that the one thing about it is again, he's still taken. He's still taken from like Keith, he's taken from Gucci, he's taken from other aspects. By the time he got self titled, he was more self assured. Hundred percent. I think, I think he was yeah, I think more of his own artist for sure. Right. Like and you can like, just hear it in the way he comes off in but like, like location and media that, that you can tell. But like I said before, like there's still stuff here like Fetty, like Counted Up, like where he's still defining himself. Like even when he's taking from other artists, like he still has his own sound. But you can still tell he's taken from other artists. Whereas on self titled, he has his own defined sound. So, but here mm-hmm. you still hear that there's other influences from self-titled onward. He's Cardi. Yeah, that's the difference. Is like he's nascent. You wouldn't make the mistake. You wouldn't make the mistake of for him. You wouldn't mistake him for another artist. Exactly. Past self-titled. Whereas you could have here. Right. Yeah. No. No question. No mm-hmm. question. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's as good of a maybe as good of a point as ever to end it. I want to ask one more thing though. So, Patrick, I sent you some some plug classics. I saw that you reviewed "Wish the Worst," um, which yeah, always... I love that. And yeah, I've never heard that dude before. I really love that. That was great. Yeah, who the fuck? Yeah, is I think that? that's that's a uh, I think a defining song from the the era too. Ben, do you have a favorite? plug song from this era it doesn't have to be cardi it could be anyone i just i'm just curious picture I dang i wish um gosh i'm because my answer this. my answer is eye to eye but you could you, you if you have another answer eye to eye is very much up there i mean that's classic that's like bands at his peak obviously um yeah. from this era oh gosh um I wish I had more time to think about it, but uh, uh, unfortunately, I, sp- I sprung it on you. I'll, I'll, I'll hold that. 
No, I know. I'm just like I'm blanking completely, which sucks because I should have way more knowledge. So, so then your favorite uh, song from from the bootleg, then, if you don't want to give an answer, which favorite is song? Favorite song from the bootleg? Um, two that we didn't really get to talk about that are top five for me: Holyfield, just being one of the first plug songs in general. Uh, yeah. I think it's Mexico Joe's best beat he ever made, and if you put that on in the car, it is. It's it's otherworldly, um, and then the other one is Every Sense, um, which is extremely oh, social yeah. inspired. Oh yeah, yeah, very. Um, key. Yeah, and yeah. one of I think one of my favorite Cardi hooks too. And then Ever since you left my side, I keep a nine on my side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, like, I love, so catchy. Lot of Keith to it so too in terms of like the disconnectedness into like the punchlines and stuff. I feel like is very mm-hmm. like woozy. Yeah, like I don't know. I got I got a key five it, off the way. Like playing with punchlines on that too. So super anthemic too. Just like, oh yeah, blow money, probably holy field. Throw money, call me holy field. Yeah, he's definitely love quoting that throughout the day. That's what you do, like you're you're at work, and that's what you're just that that's your that's your go to. It's what I would quote every day if I wasn't around a bunch of weirdos at work. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That is that's that that is the official stance of of the podcast. Yeah, we, we can't always mm-hmm. be walking we, we around can't quoting Cardi songs. Want to because we're all a bunch of fucking weirdos at our jobs. <laughs> it, it's a good it's a good stance especially yeah. Wyatt because he can't yell juggle shit at his job um, anything else you guys want to talk about before we before we wrap up do you have any specific songs that you want to talk about no, I mean catch I feel like we did we did a pretty good job holistically I feel like we, we caught we caught most of them yeah I mean for, I mean you know it is tough to go into two hours of material kind of like you know Patrick was alluding to earlier but no I mean yeah this is uh, about as good of a but a good place is I need to stop and you know listeners we're gonna roll right into the self-titled but before we even you know get there Ben want to thank you for coming on appreciate appreciate having you again as always you know thank you for having me as always yeah free, frequent frequent guest um, and, and de- definitely not the last time but glad glad we could have Hopefully you on not. yeah yeah but yeah we're gonna go into the self-titled but thank you guys for listening. And uh, now the next sounds you'll hear are us talking with another special guest about uh, the Playboy Cardio self-titled record. So we'll see you. Peace. Who needs college when when you have uh, physical copies of the Playboy Cardi self-titled? Do they exist? Is the question. Did, um, did that come out? I, they, they do exist. Oh, the cover. Oh, wait, this is something I don't actually know. Is it? What is the CD cover? Oh, I've well, seen that. Yes, yes, I've seen that. It's just, oh yeah, it's, it's like a fucking like, um, like one of those things. Like, uh, God damn it, it's like one of those things you could see at a mall where you look through something and it was like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like many, like a fucking gem thing. Like it looks like, like they a, just made like a fan made cover for the self, but it's the actual cover. Yeah, I don't know. The, the whole uh, leaks cover clears that by far. A hundred percent. Beautiful. Well, I mean, like the other. Like cover art for the other two, like the actual albums, are so much better. 
for sure. Mm. But I don't know. Well, Dylan's cover. You seem not. Well, okay, that was a. I guess we could table that discussion for when we actually have discussions and actually have the show. So maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, I, this is I feel like as good of a, a time as any because if you're. Say, yeah, yeah, all of these are. We can roll right into all these, yeah, so. we're, we're rolling. We're rolling into each other because it's all part of one holistic thing. I mean, you it's know, a mom, yeah, it's a tapestry. Right. Yeah, I mean, might as well, you know, start. If you're hello, living up our time, listeners. This is part two of the uh, Playboy Cardi experience, the Odyssey, where we traverse all the eras of Playboy Cardi's career. Uh, I, I, you know, chops. Welcome, one chops on RYM. Greetings. Special special guest. You may have heard him on our Cloud Rap episode way back, but uh, that was a great episode. So I actually re listened to that. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we talked about some, some good shit that episode. And actually, the reason why I bring that episode up is because during that episode, we had a little discussion about uh, an album that we're not going to talk about today in full, Dial It. Uh, but that's kind of the reason why we're doing this this long-form Playboy Cardi episode, because it is the five-year anniversary of Dial It. And at that time, I mean, this is like three years ago, but you had said that you weren't really nearly as fond of it as you were mm. the self-titled and also, I think, the leaks and stuff for whole, the whole lot of Red Era. So it was not high in your Cardi pantheon. So I guess my question, I'm asking this for all the guests that don't come on to talk about Dial It. But my question to you would be, has that kind of changed over the last few years? Like, how do you feel about Dial It now versus then? Or do you still feel the same way? What's your relationship to the album like? Yeah, it's grown so much, I must say. Like, I, um, a, a lot has changed. I'm glad I kept coming back to it. I still think it's kind of spotty and, like, and there's some shit on there that I just, I'm like, why is this on here? But I like mm-hmm. that like, it kind of adds to the whole, like, um... Like, I would never in my life, if I was executive producing it, would never have put, like, home KOD on there. But the fact that that's there and that, like, people still love it is kind of kind of cool, I must say. Um, it is it is a weird song, that song. Um, just I did, you know, like, yeah. kind of a story thing or something, like, like a character portrait. Yeah. Between two of the best songs, too. Like, really bizarre choice, but, like, fuck it. I mean, if it, it shows that people are, like... People are down for a bit of experimentation, even if it's like a big album like this. So I always like it when that comes through. How do you think? I mean, this is not. This is more of a macro question, I guess. You are are in the UK. You've been you've been there for. Oh, I imagine most of your life. Would that be correct? I've been imprisoned. I've been imprisoned for a long time. Imprisoned. <laughs> Traveling um, with no hope. Of <laughs> How would you? Did Playboy Cardi have like um, an uptick? You think in in, oh, in the UK, like since the release of Dial It, or do you think like he was already like a thing over there before? Because um, I can say that was definitely true in like the states. Like I heard more people talking about him. You heard mm. him just like he was more popular post uh, Dial It. But I wonder about like you know other places. That's a really good question. I think there definitely was, but it was honestly like. Um... I think it took maybe a little bit long because I remember um, I remember when I was really into like the self-titled before Dalit came out. Mm-hmm. I had a really hard time like getting people into it. Like I would play it at parties and like um, just pe- people wouldn't really be vibing or like I would say like oh do you like do you like Cardi and people would be like oh Cardi B not really and I'd be like oh mm. right 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 it was like, around that 
that time. Yeah. People still make that joke, by the way. People still will make that fucking still joke. Still do it. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you still get that. Like, I mean, you, my case of thing. I still like made them. Oh so, yeah, you still get that. Um, yeah. It's a I real, I, I, yeah. It's a real fucking hack joke. It needs to <laughs> yeah. be, but. Yeah. Well, and, and and so I guess on that, um, you know, self-titled topic. So you're on here to talk about the self-titled. This is this is you know part two of this, of this pod. Uh, this this long uh, odyssey through Cardi's mm. discography. So this era, I guess, one, your your pre-Cardi exposure before the self-titled. I would like to know because I think that's an interesting um, uh, point to start with. And then two when the self-title came out, like, did you take to it instantly? Like kind of, you know, go through similar to dial it, like what your relationship with, with that album was. So Ooh, um, honestly, very little exposure before it came out. What I distinctly remember is, um, you, you've heard that Lily Oddie song shoot at the roof. Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. God, that song rips. We used to like play that a lot, but, um, I remember hearing it and hearing him say like, you ain't, Uzi, you ain't Carti, damn sure not me. And I remember thinking, like, okay, there's like a hierarchy, but I only know two of these people. Like, well, they were, person yeah, they they were like so all associated with like awful because that was in Atlanta, but they weren't. Oh yeah, they weren't like on. I don't think they were never on awful, but they just were kind of like in the general like vicinity. Mm. I think. Yeah, I think I probably it must have made me go listen to Young Zenho because I see I rated that like. January 2017 or something. Mm. Um, and then, I don't know, like, um, the big thing, I guess, with that album dropping is that it dropped the same day as uh, Damn by Kendrick. That's correct. Yeah. And I remember seeing reviews on my page being like, this is the better album that dropped this day, like, easily. Yeah, there were definitely there were definitely some of those opinions, although I would not say whether it was RYM or the world or the general internet world. That yeah. was a very, 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 very minority opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is it, Especially at that time when... That? Is it your opinion? Like, In retrospect... Yes. Uh, <laughs> it would definitely be the correct opinion, yeah. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, I think that... Okay, my... I'm gonna just step right in, fucking steamroll the whole conversation. At Don't first, I think second. that one seems... Okay, on initial blush, the Kendrick album's better. With time, I think the Cardi album's better. Mm. But I think in one w- for what they're trying to accomplish, they're equal. They're trying to accomplish completely different things. Oh, yeah. So oh, not, oh, it's oh, not oh, apples. It's not a one-to-one. So yeah. It's not a fair fucking comparison, and neither artist would argue it is. Mm. I think, no, like, yeah. if you have the fucking RYM chart discussions where it's like this Norwegian death metal album's getting compared to a Young Thug album or some shit, like... <laughs> the fuck are you comparing like get out of each other's comment boxes so stop arguing with each other but from my own personal experience at the time i enjoyed the kendrick album more at first because it's more immediately appealing to what i liked it um in music in hip-hop in music in general i Mm. really gravitated towards uh I, i mainly listened to like i was a late compared to you guys a late adopter of cardi i think we kind of covered well i mean Oh goddamn the non-linear recording thing! Like as a listener, you will not. We, well, on, but even on the pod, we've talked about Cardi. I suppose we have. Yeah, for that I was a bit of a late adopter in that. Like I mainly gravitated towards Cardi at. I, I'm not the Young Zanho period. I was not there for period. Uh, 
sorry mm-hmm. for the trouble on that. Um, mainly because we had fraud on location. That mm-hmm. was it. Like, that's why I came to it. I have a really shitty review that I redacted today, actually, because I knew that I was recording this episode. I uh, formally redacted the review where I was just like, this is a really good production album that will make you dumber for listening to it. It won't make you dumber for listening to it. <laughs> no music will, in fact, make you dumber for listening to it. Except it makes maybe, you swaggier for listening to it. Except maybe Megan Trainer or Lil Dicky or, like, fucking Christian worship music. May, yeah. Or, like, fucking NSBM. NSBM will actually make you dumber for listening to it. That, for sure. Um... <laughs> Uh, Hobson, maybe, maybe. <laughs> flex, some some flex will do that. Okay, I think I actually opened on Pandora's. I wasn't trying to with that one. No, but, no, that's fair. Um, but my fair. point being is that this was not like I guess I keep going back to this example. It goes way back to our TV episode at the very least about David Simon calling The Wire season one a training exercise about reaccustoming you to what you're not used to, essentially. And I feel like this is a bit of a training exercise for a new listener because we kind of established this on you as the listener. I've not heard this episode yet, the whole lot of red episode about like new scenes and everything. And there's one specific song on here that actually bursts the whole genre. Mm. Like right out the gate. True. But, yeah. True. Yes. And I so, think. And, and, and what Cardi's you know, doing on this, I just have a thought I want to finish, but then I'll. Oh, no, it. sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. But it's more that I think what Cardi's doing on here, consciously or not, is taking an old framework. Because some of these songs are. And it's interesting when I re listened to this today, I was thinking about how when I heard it back in the day, I'm like, oh, man, this is just like ad libs dragged out for three minutes. First of all, it's totally not. These are rap verses. Like, I was fucking brain worms because these are he is actually rapping for three minutes on these songs like if he's rapping like you know full you know bar son whatever no he's not but but i think that's more because i've become more accustomed to the style of is a training exercise he's changed since but at the time it was so mind-blowing to me that he could repeat refrains he could repeat cadences he could not just do a bar that rhymed with another bar that you know refer back to the previous bar the og nick marsh rap genius style of rap that we so revere like he kind of played with that formula it it just seemed like he was ad-libbing over and over especially on location which is the song that opens the album it seemed mind-blowing and he really did just kind of reinvent the template Mm. and and i feel like then his next two are actually more overtly experimental but here this doesn't feel with nearly a decade of hindsight, it doesn't feel so experimental, and that's because he actually changed the fucking landscape with it. Oh, yeah. He might be the oh. last, like, the most recent person to reinvent rapping, arguably. Yeah, well, I, I think that... Other, I think... Was Thug, like, laid the groundwork, but I think that he actually... Yeah. I mean, Thug had more... Like, Thug was more versatile, I think, Thug, mm-hmm. but Hardy was more uncompromising, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's one of those cases where you end up like innovating by simplifying a little bit, like simplify what Thug did, and then suddenly you've got this like new thing that's different enough to be its new to be its own thing. Is how I see it. Rap is a genre that, because it's still so young in comparison to a lot of other stuff, is something that I feel is constantly innovating. Now that yeah. might not seem like it's the case, but when you look at things with hindsight and with context like we're doing, we can clearly see it, you know? So something like Thug and Future, which came out, you know, which exploded a few, you know, about three, three, four years before Cardi, this album came out, the self-titled album came out. 
And then you can kind of see that torch being passed once we hit the Dilit era, because those other mm. two artists had kind of slowed down in their production and just, I mean, their relevance was still very high at the time, but just they had kind of stopped being trailblazers and more just coasting and being like, you know, solid mainstream artists. Yeah. And then you had, you know, Cardi had this torch. And now, you know, in the 2020s, we've still seen him, I mean, release an incredibly, you know, relevant album. But I imagine at some point there will be, a, you know, more more torch-bearing past. And there's a lot of gestation in the, in the rap underground um, that is... I think in some cases just like really good music and in some cases like music that I'd consider groundbreaking, but it's not on a anywhere near a scale yet that it could be taken and, and ran with. So yeah, I think Cardi is like the last massive rapper or rapper that became massive to really alter the landscape and you can kind of see the you know, the the after effects of it in whether it's in the mainstream, whether it's in pop music, or whether it's in, you know, the underground hip hop. Like there's a huge the, the wake of, of of these albums that we're going to be talking about and and the self-titled are definitely there um patrick made a good point about comparing dial it uh, not sorry about comparing damn to this because while you were going through your thought exercise about what the two were trying to accomplish i thought it's interesting because damn for the mid to late 2010s was kind of like in my opinion and i might be missing one but like the last really good mainstream like prestige rap album mm. and then that came out on the same day as this which mm. was doing something obviously on the total under end of the map has this like you know kind of rebellious but also like i'm too cool for you energy mm. and then that energy immediately like you know carried one artist in one direction and then damn you know kendrick kind of sat back and all right like you know five five years passed before he dropped something else yeah, like I thought that was. You forgot "Mount My Eyes, See Your Future" by Denzel Curry. That's actually the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, not as not on the level of uh, popularity for sure, but yes, definitely, de definitely uh, from ambitions wise, he was trying. Uh, still I, the most I, underrated in the game. Um, Chops, was your review or post? Were you the one who said on? Um, I forget what track it was, where it's like this ain't pop, this sun, some raw. Where you said you thought you were saying sun raw. I absolutely thought you were saying Sun Ra. Yeah, I I was listening to it again today, and I thought about that, and I've been going through a big Sun Ra thing because of the oh, yeah. DJ Mug Sun Ra beat tape, and I really want to put Playboy Cardi over Sun Ra now. Oh, if you can, I want like Cardi ad libs over like twenty minutes of Atlantis now. <laughs> oh, that would be what, what's the the really great uh, languidity, right? Is that that for yeah, languidity of his yes, best, great album, yeah. Mm. That would be sick. So yeah, this ain't pop. This some raw. But yeah, like I I heard Sun Ra. Like after reading that, I heard Sun Ra for the longest. And when I heard it again today, I was like, I can absolutely hear him saying Sun Ra. Like I he, <laughs> I don't know if he even knows who Sun Ra is. Although there are some comparisons to be made, fashion wise, and like I mean, you could actually write like a good <laughs> master's thesis on that bullshit. I'm looking up Sun Ra's trip right now. You could bullshit <laughs> fucking rant on that. So well, we already we already did the Robert Pollard stuff. Like, what's the next step? Like, <laughs> that that's like the third. Uh, there you go. That's the third corner of the Triforce there on the podcast. Sun Ra, Robert Pollard, Playboy Cardi. There you go. Absolutely. The, the, the people won't make for us. So <laughs> only Sun podcast that only podcast that loves Sun Ra and Cardi. Yeah. 
And Bob Pollard. Um, the middle of the swim. And Bob Pollard. Um, but yeah, with um, with Dam versus like Plebukai, that's one of the to me that's like a comparison which they are very different, but the difference. The difference does actually like show you something because the other thing about it is damn to me is pure like it's pure like first year of Trump and like Kendrick basically like like realizing he can't change the world as much as he thinks he can and kind of turning like inwards and shit. So like as a point in time, like it really is like just reflective of that point in time. But then the Carti album to me is more like if you're looking for like if you were in 2017 and you were like looking for like a fun time. To me, this was, like, the most appealing thing going back then, so I just couldn't help but, like, get slowly drawn into it, to a degree. Also, well, how... Like, it's I actually have a curator-type question, because I think Caleb might be the one who's most equipped to answer this. How old is some of this material? Hmm. Some of the material was definitely recorded in, in 16, I believe. Um... It's like some of the songs had that were a lot of the songs that were on the project had leaked in some version before the project came out, but they mm-hmm. were definitely um, different uh, to to use a, like a off off air reference. So I had sent Patrick, I had sent you that document of all the the, the yeah. Cardi tracker. Okay, so from what I'm aware of, there were a couple songs that leaked like right before it came out, but. Maybe like a, I think the oldest one is like, um, I think Looking came out and it leaked in sixteen. But everything else, I think, if it leaked, it leaked like either right before the album came out or like years after the fact in a different version. Basically, mm. I know the conversation around it at the time was that Cardi was never going to drop an album. That's what I do remember. Because <laughs> I, I, I had got into, I guess this is my branch talk about him. I had got into him. Before this mixtape came out, but not that much prior to. Like, I think I heard him. I had heard him on Plug, the Rich the Kid and Kodak song. I had heard, and I like, I love that, I love that song. Mm. And I had heard him on a couple other songs. I think I heard Broke Boy, and I think I heard, I heard him on Telephone Calls off that ASAP mixtape the year before, with Tyler the Creator and and uh, that whole that whole camp. Um, and he was on Telephone Calls, and he didn't he didn't give a lot it was like a short feature um kind of like his feature on raft to offer that comparison but um which is like we'll get to that like i feel like we're gonna kind of tuck in at the end afterwards like about like relevant like features and uh lucy's and whatnot but i think it's very interesting considering that rocky's on the album i think that it's very Mm -hmm. interesting that rocky who i think is like probably in the top three of like swag draculas of the era alongside (laughs) and drake like in terms of just trying to like take the wave and cole i would say although i think cole more is kind of trying in his own earnest way because cole was nothing if not earnest trying to like big people up but he definitely tries to like steal their wave whereas i think the other two are just kind of try especially in drake's case just trying to subsume the wave or the other three i should say because rocky's involved like Mm. in the asap thing was they just really more than the others wholesale tried to steal um, Cardi's wave. Yeah, I mean, you can see that in the beginning of Cardi's like rise, when he was like kind of a part, he was a part of ASAP. Mm-hmm. He was the only he, to have an ASAP. Yeah, yeah. Like we had ASAP Josh. Shout out to ASAP Josh. We had ASAP Josh, Josh in the building. 
but he was so you could, he, there were there were parts of Cardi's early career where he wasn't trying to sound like Rocky. He was still a unique voice, but it was more in a lane that could be connected to that world. Versus when this mixtape comes out, you're like, oh, nobody sounds like this, you know. So yeah. I think that's interesting on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like pre-exposure, I was looking forward to it, and I remember liking it when it came out. But I'm not going to sit here and say that. I love it as much as I do today when it came out. I definitely liked it, but I would say yeah. a few months after, like to your point, Chops, about having a fun time, that summer, I would, because it came out in the spring, and yeah. I think like that summer, like I was just finishing up my first year of college that summer, and I remember um, just like driving around, and I would always, always, always play this tape when i'd be just like driving around like from if i didn't have anything if i didn't know what to throw on like i would always be playing this tape it's a perfect spring and summer tape like perfect i play it every year around this time of year the the first few days it always gets like warm i always play it because it just like not only for the not only for like the memories and the you know fake nostalgia or whatever but just like the the fact of the music really reflects that warmth it's definitely the warmest sounding cardi album yeah. Go ahead. In a certain sense, yeah. That's a great point to make, just in that normally for the pod, I will do like headphone listening prior to do the homework. We obviously had very little amount of homework for this one. And I had some errands to run, so I was playing in the car. We have gorgeous weather in Pennsylvania today. We were blessed with it. And so it was the perfect weather to just listen to this. And I didn't listen to the whole thing in full in a while. And I was just struck by how wonderfully warm weather this album is. Like, yeah. Back. It's just meant for, like, and my car is like bass boosted and whatnot, and this album is perfectly calibrated for that. And just hearing certain songs with that going with like the sun beaming in the windows just felt right. Oh, it yeah. really, it just felt like the perfect experience to be listening to it. Just like I took the long route to get certain places just because it felt like the perfect, like, ideal listening experience to hear these songs. So. Mm. Like, especially, like, the second half of Kelly K, I would say, which I would say is... Oh, yeah. Even when I was... I would, I was never cold, cold on the album, but there was time, like, it was front-loaded, mainly, and then I felt like the two best songs were in the front, and then Kelly K was, like, the one song on the back that was, like, a... It was, quote-unquote, ambitious. It oh, still what? opened... Together. And here... Okay, I'm gonna just throw this hot take out there. This song is kind of blonde vibes and we can have a whole other discussion because i brought it up you know if we want to talk about thing wait do you you mean do you mean flex because that's the one with the that's the one with the switch up in the second half i just want to make sure uh they're both they're both longer they're both longer songs to be fair uh uh, now that i'm looking at the page you're right flex has the female vocal on it so yeah i think you're right i think and it has the one where he's like singing on at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually. Mm. Well, one okay, we can scratch it off your bingo card that I made an egregious mistake because that's. <laughs> well, they're right next well. to each other, right? So yeah, that's okay. I had that happen at some point. Mistake I've ever made, but I always thought that yeah, there was one song on the very end half, and I always thought that was Kelly K, and I always thought it was Kelly K because it was like a song about a female because that seemed like the obvious reference given the song mm-hmm. title, but um. Flex is Flex is incredible. Uh, yeah, I and I thought like kind of a blonde 
there. It kind of reminded me of either Future or Free or a little bit of White Ferrari, although White Ferrari doesn't really switch up like that. And it's certainly not as emotionally devastating as White Ferrari. But I love the um, shit on people who said shit about Frank Ocean. Oh, we, we we can clear out and 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 get mad at the the Coachella defenders. The sure, yeah. <laughs> well, not <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm... Uh, I I misunderstood. Yeah, no. Like, if you think uh, Frank, anything, you can't listen to the podcast. First of all, I don't think any of those people would be listening. To the I podcast. just think it's. I yeah. think it's being like a vulture to, to be like, actually, my take about Frank Ocean was that the music was never good. And I think he's, you know, uh, yeah. I, and I think he's in the wrong for not doing X, Y and Z at, at this festival. It's like, don't stick to your one point. If you want to stick to your one wrong opinion, then do that. But then don't shoehorn in another wrong opinion. Yeah, your, your one wrong opinion is not your fucking magic mushroom power up to hit four or five even worse opinions along the way. Like <laughs> Like, I know, I, I, look, I understand the three of us are all definitely, like, in the bag for the Frank music, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that people were being, like, nasty about him for a week straight online. Like, that's I gross. Mean, uh, like, Just full disclosure, I have not watched the Coachella set. I tempted to watch certain songs. Like, somebody said the White Ferrari was a really great Yeah, movie. The and full I thing is way better than what people are making it out to be. And I have a certain affinity for like flawed live performances. Again, like, you know, clearly the podcast stance is softening on certain things because I've mentioned Kanye a bit and whatever. Like the Donda performances, I will say I saw a lot of value in things that other people did. Not the first one. The first one was a fucking disaster, but the second and third ones. So I will say that I'm probably going to see a lot more value in that performance than other people did, even if it was, you know, technically, quote unquote, a disaster. It, like thing, obviously the story was not out there, but that didn't stop people five seconds afterwards from getting on Elon Musk's Twitter and venting their fucking spleen and speaking on his mental illness and speaking on his curatorial ability. And then 10 minutes after that, speaking on his entire catalog as they didn't like it to begin with, like retroactively. Yeah. Like, like me, I saw a tweet um, that was just essentially said like, quote, like for, I'm paraphrasing, but Frank Ocean is a loser. Like the music was never even that good. Like you gotta, you gotta go out there for your fans. I mean, like what, what are we doing? Like, like why tweet that? Like, what is the point? I mean, that's so, yeah. the most tweets. Why tweet that? Why just cease? Yeah. yeah. Why, why tweet that? I think is the official stance of, of the podcast about a yeah. lot about almost anything. That's just take 10 minutes after you were like, yeah. you, you don't need to hit send on the tweet. <laughs> the discourse does not need your input. No, no. And friend of the podcast, look at go shout out to him. Um, said, said it perfectly. He was just like, I can't imagine. Cause it was bleeding into RYM as well. You know, the lovely say we all, we all love it. Like I couldn't imagine going to like the blonde comment box to weigh in on this. Like, no, you don't need to do that. <laughs> God forbid Lana Del Rey ever did a Coachella set like this. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! A woman, a woman not being bully prepared for her performance. Oh uh, yeah, it, it it it's over. It's so, over. It's not fully prepared. I mean, it was probably the gay jeans. You know, it was the gay. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but on that, on on a less depressing note, should we should we talk about the album in in full? I think Frank Ocean can't 
make music, you can't listen to this fucking podcast. If you need need to clarify that, fuck you. Um, yeah, uh, but my point was Flex, I think, is the most um, uh, musically ambitious point on here. And I think that, that two-song stretch, actually, I think that there is, like, there might not be a beat switch on Kelly K. I need to, re- like, obviously, clearly I need to re-listen because I thought I got the songs mixed up. But I think there are, like, subtle switch, like, subtle evolutions. No, it does. It, it, it builds a yeah. little. Yeah. But I mean in the beats in general too, because like I feel like these are more. Does this have an experimental tag on it? It doesn't. It probably should, I think. Thinking of the beat for like what is it, other shit where it like. Yeah. It's that's, that's, that's a that's a uh, that's a goofy silly beat. <laughs> that's a lovely beat, but it's kind of goofy, kind of silly, I must say. But I do love it to bits. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's good. It's good. It's just, it's funny. It makes me laugh. Like, it, it's a little <laughs> playful. Yeah. It could have been Tissa. It could have been a Tissa Korean beat, kind of halfway. Oh, I could see it, especially like in 20, like 20, like a year or two later, like Tissa Korean. Mm-hmm. Like, what was yeah. the, what was that era? Like, what was, it was the album with the, I don't know why I'm forgetting. Uh, the one where he's like a, a partying freshman. Yeah, oh, something yeah. like that. That was like, like around that era. Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. Um, I want to just issue a correction for something I said earlier, if I may. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, probably no one listening noticed this, but when we were talking about music that makes you, could potentially make you dumber, uh, I said Flex, but I forgot there's a song on this album called Flex. Um, I was talking about the label, not the song. Like, no way that song um, is making anyone dumb. I don't think anybody actually, I mean, not to, you mean you're, Welcome to make that correction. I don't think anybody actually knows what that is. Oh, oh God. I actually, because you, <laughs> you have the list. Yeah. That I, I was going to listen to that stuff. I, 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 I have not listened to listening on that list. I mean, but I forgot. <laughs> um, Patrick, you're better off if you don't. I was going to say, I think you're not, like somebody said, Patrick's not going to like any of this shit. <laughs> like, Patrick's really going <laughs> to like this shit. There's some good, like, trap metal on there, to be fair. I mean, but, I'm not five. I'm. It, I was kind of skimming through it. I'm like, yeah, this doesn't really seem like my scene. But <laughs> I do. I do want your opinion one day on Submarine Man, or like your response, because I think that might destroy your brain. Open to anything. Contrary to popular opinion, I am open to anything. <laughs> well, that was a that was that was a that was a shot at me. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take no, it was a shot at a lot of people actually, not just you. Yeah, at you too, but still. I understand. But my, my, yeah. my offline discussion, my point was misconstrued. But regardless, I understand. I, I do get it. I do get I mean, it. That, again, that was not actually in, in the <laughs> context of this discussion. I was not trying to directly, you know, at you. No, 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 no. That is like a cliche about me in real life, too. Not even intended with music. I feel like I just have this like fucking like stereotype that I'm just obstinate and don't like things that your, I, your demeanor is is negatively predisposed yeah, or something yeah i really don't like i will literally fucking try anything i think you're no, that's, a very that's true listener on the whole and we will get you into taylor swift tonight. once again two episodes of drain gang i am remarkably positive about this yeah. music uh, it's yeah, true he, he, he is he is and two and episodes even... of clown rap two episodes of clown <laughs> <laughs> less less positive I mean, but still positive. More still than true. either of you motherfuckers, you ninjas. That's true. Yeah, yeah you, you were definitely more positive than me. You, you... Yeah, you didn't even 
end the second session. I didn't even. I didn't. I, I didn't even show up. I dropped was, out of you know, college, but I, I did. I dropped out of clown college. No question. I, I don't <laughs> you that. Um, so. But no, uh, on on the album, I mean, I guess we should start. I mean, location. I mean, I don't know what you even like. Mwah. Shit. I, I just, it's just, it's so beautiful. Like, I don't even know what you say. It's a single and it was like top 100. Yeah, for sure. Those were the days. Up there with like Birth of Rap in terms of just like Gates of Heaven opening style beats. Like, yeah. just. It just sounds like like light shining through a window. Absolutely. If you can make that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, and that yeah. like um that guitar part that comes in at random at one part, I think it's from the sample, but that's like a hell of a yeah, yes, yes. In the discography or anything. Like um You know what it's like the, it's like on the it's like on the bridge, right? Like that guitar that comes in. Yeah. yeah and he's like, Yeah, pull up us in a location, pull up us in yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm gonna try to limit my rapping on here, my, my awful rapping, so I, I will try to limit that. You know, apologies. In the tape, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Magnolia kind of took a little bit to grow on me. I must say. Really. Somehow. Well, it is. It is kind of like, I would say, unique in its mm. presentation, and and but the hook is just like the hook is so sticky. I think the oh, first yeah, yeah. time. I, one of the first times I heard it, like after I initially heard it, like on Spotify or whatever, whatever platform I listened to, I watched like a YouTube video of a guy like skateboarding to the song. And then I just like, I immediately like loved the song because I was like, I, I, it was a cool video and the song was playing and it was like perfect. You may have to send me that. I want to see. Oh, I'll have to, I have to dig it up. It's been years since I've seen it. I'll, I'll try to find it. Well, speaking of cool videos. Um, if you've seen the video of it's like a dance troupe doing looking from this, and like when Uzi goes, Chopper got the stick, make you do backflip, they like lift a guy up and he fucking backflips on that line and hits the ground and everyone goes crazy. Oh, you know what? I I don't know if I've seen that one exactly, but I've definitely seen dances to that part yeah. in the song. Yeah. This whole tape is such good like dance music. Oh, for sure, for sure. It, it's just be and like you had said, it is very. Um, it's fun. It's fun. Like it's you know fun vibes. There's not really a mm. lull in terms of like the consistent fun. I mean, that opening, oh, yeah. that opening four song run. I mean, it you is know, when when woke when woke up like this comes on and he does like the I'm a rock star. Like I have to do it. I have to do it with mm. them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it kind of it also captures that whole like ethos around the time of like we kind of talked about this and in, 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 when talking about Cardi in the past on the podcast, but it was just like the whole, like, you know, rock stars and, you know, this, this kind of bratty energy, which has been in hip hop forever, but mm. this kind of energy around Cardi, Uzi, Lil Yachty, people of that ilk in the mid 2010s. Mm. And then they come on a song and they do that. Like it's true. You know, it, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, also, I just, I mean, it's a very, like another super sticky hook. Where it's just like you know, woke up. They're sounding like me. Like yeah, you know, everybody, everybody sounded like me. Like it's, it's an easy, it's easy message to convey in a short hook. You know. Yeah. And considering, if you woke like, up and like your cat sounded like you. 
considering what would happen with that song in that genre, very predictive, right? Predictive programming. <laughs> he he, he couldn't have even have known that that was going to be on the nose the way it was. Honest, I've never thought about that. That's true. That's so true. Um, and it's fun, and it, it, it's so true because no matter if you even do any semblance of of this sort of like vocal inflections or style or anything, mm-hmm. even if you're doing your own thing, you're gonna get Cardi comparisons, you know, yeah. just because of how how influential and everything, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. For sure. And then um, it's I guess sort of the same thing. I mean, I he I didn't think we we're gonna keep making so many Kendrick comparisons on this one. I guess it's kind of sort of the same thing as Kendrick or maybe Wayne, where it's just like. He's so iconic with his like delivery and vocal inflections that even if you're not trying to, even if it's not like a one to one with like Jid and Kendrick or something, like Wayne, like I don't know, just like maybe people are unco- at this point and the way like the culture is, the way the music absorption culture is, people are so unconsciously influenced by Cardi that they don't even realize it. Mm. Not sure. that way with Wayne. Mm-hmm. With people like who grew up on that sort of internet music culture that Wayne is so in the bloodstream. And Kendrick to a point, too. Absolutely. Or Wayne, I think. Because I think people grew up on Wayne and Wayne's music being everywhere. Where, I don't know if that point made sense. But... Oh, for sure. in the UK, but you may... Party, most, like, pretty obviously, like, internet-wise, like, people are just getting that shit, that content, like just like by the bulk load and mm-hmm. then they were immediately turning it around and making their own music some of them even getting signed to the label so but i don't think a lot of times it was conscious emulation mm. sometimes no, absolutely. like i hear ken carson and this is going to be for the later episodes but i feel like that's obviously conscious emulation but i don't think it's something as simple as i don't know certain other internet music critic that we talk about way too much like saying that they all are trying to die more lit or some dumb fucking phrase i feel like it's just something sound similar because they're on the same scene but i feel like Hmm. you could just extrapolate that into other people in the same time frame all around to sound the same because he's just that obscene like that ubiquitous no yeah especially as the years have gone on like a hundred percent, I I could not uh, I can I couldn't agree more. I mean, and it all, this album. What's so kind of quaint to me about it, and you know, Chops, you'll have to let me know if you mm. agree. But there's um, there's something nice about even though it is a, it is definitely forward thinking, and it is definitely um, you know, has I mean, outside of you know, making the first like rate song on record, probably, and you know, being being ahead of its time in that regard. There is something quaint about hearing like a 2017, you know, quote unquote, like trap rap, you know, trap pop album that were were removed from that era when even in that era, it sounded way different than a lot of the stuff that was like oversaturated at the time. But there are still some of the same like percussion and like, you know, drum stuff and things like that that are similar to that that era that now I kind of look back on with like a sort of like fondness because we've moved on. Yeah, we're in this odd place because, like, um, a whole lot of red is like more, um, way more, way more. Inf- like, I want to say way more, or that like, there's like a lot more stuff that sounds specifically like whole lot of red. But like, I don't know that there's much that sounds like this. I want to say, 
like I think it's in this weird little bit where like people not a lot of people were like running with his sound back then that I know mm-hmm. and then not a lot of people are like dipping back to this particular sound now like people would I think there were more people like going running with the like Yachty thing I want to say or like Uzi and so now I, I, it's I would agree own world a little bit. Yeah, I think Uzi is a good reference point. What I was getting out of this when I revisited it today was that it reminded me of a fusion of like more recent stuff, which obviously he's been a big influence on, and like order cloud rap. But I think that's why fraud's up there up front. Like you've got fraud there being like the cloud, the older cloud rap influence, and then then you have Pierre. This is my first exposure to Pierre, and I think we really do yeah, need to. Do kind of extrapolate the Pierre discussion. Then Uzi obviously is like, he's here on two tracks, very upfront, like including the rage track, like mm. the part of the genre. And so, yeah, like you have Uzi there. Uzi's like the future. Rocky's there kind of being the contemporary of the past. Pierre, like you have, um, you have fraud there upfront kind of being the past. You have Pierre there being kind of the future. Like it's just such like a fucking gumbo stew, a polyglot of like influences that yeah. were never together before or since. That's a pretty cool like cloud rap pedigree to have Harry Fraud and ASAP. Like 100%. if we can think back to like the early 2010s. Yeah, and and you know, it kind of goes Cardi always had that kind of connection. I mean his very first like project that you could still find from you know back in like 2012 he hmm. kind of tried to sound like you know asap in a way i mean or, or, or yeah. someone that could be of that nature so yeah he still had like that connection to it and we'll get to it in the you know whole lot of red like leagues era but you know no charm could have been on this tape it was recorded in the same sessions so oh yeah um, you know, that's that's another one where that takes that takes the location cloudy thing and like, you know, I, I think even turns up the nozzle mm. on, on that. So I think yeah. my favorite thing from that bootleg that's that was from this era was the one where like Drake was gonna be on it. It's the one with the heartbeat that's like do 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 What's that called? One day, yeah. One day, yes. One yeah, what well, one day. Oh, I'm gonna have one day. That's like a Drake wasn't on Lost in the World type situation where we're very glad that Drake <laughs> <did> not like <laughs> yeah. Dracula that one real quick. Like True. he didn't like get that fucking life crystal and suck the essence out of it. Like thank you, Aubrey, for you yeah. know Spar- sparing us one sparing us one time, yeah. Mm. Um no that yeah, I think that one, you know, is is, is a great one too. But mm. I think we reference this at the very top of the podcast. Um, half and half is one that grew on me a lot. Like that song from the initial to now. Like it, the way it comes on, it's just it's so cool. It's so effortless. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, he's like tight, kind of like tightrope walking, um, on the beat. The yeah. the bounce to it. One of the things that I love about Cardi, and this is something I appreciated with time. And it was more and more like I thought by the time Cardi came out that I was already over my whole bar sun phase, but I really truly wasn't. Cause I wrote that fucking review where I'm like, it'll make you dumber. Clearly I wasn't because hip hop has always been a vocal art form. Not so much like, and that encompasses that it's about how you talk about, like I always say this, but I clearly didn't mean it. 
respectfully in that it's about how not just about what you say but about how you say it therefore you can mm. say things they don't necessarily have to quote unquote mean something like some of the stuff he's saying on here is just vapid misogynistic bullshit like yeah it is but he mm. makes it sound wise out like that's just the prima facie facts of the matter like there's you know it's just great flow and just cool ass way of saying stuff. So, yeah. like, and I feel like there have been points in the future. Like, I would not argue this as being a lyric. Like, this is not me going on and saying this is a lyrical tape, nor me saying lyrics don't matter. Not even me saying lyrics don't matter in his specific case because he's had lyrical stuff. Like, I feel like I'm getting kind of far afield here, but I feel like this is the kind of the case I try and make on the whole lot of red episode as well, is that he is technical in a way he doesn't get credit for. And that also lyrics don't necessarily matter in his case, but he can be lyrical. And also he makes all this work. Like, mm. cause he's a vocal artist who can have songs that are, and are, are lyrical. He can have songs that aren't lyrical. He can have songs that are melodic. He just, and he makes them all blend together. Like, cause every rap song doesn't have to be the same thing. It's not a Henry Ford fucking, like, uh, you know, assembly line. Every yeah. song isn't, like, rap critic, like, you know, bar son. That's not hip-hop. I feel, um, here's where I feel bad for having my favorite verses on the albums be the verses that are like that, but. Well, that's fine, though. I mean, like, you know, your favorite <laughs> artists aren't great people. Hmm. My wedding song was written by Ryan Adams. <laughs> Your favorite artists are great people. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't need to point you to how many hours of this podcast were devoted to a guy who is an out-and-proud Nazi. Hmm. Yeah, like, it, it, it is not... I don't need I to think point, there's a... Yeah, we can, again, like, you know, Cardi's personal life. We're not going to real like, again, not a great dude. I think, like, you know, relitigating all that is kind of, like, something that we had, unfortunately, like, you know, had, had talked about more I'm kind of trying previously. to get a story on that yeah. one. Like, but lyric, like, I mean, yeah, that was not even what I was trying to get at with that. It was just more about, like, the idea of lyrical content versus delivery is what I was trying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel you. It's like, um... I feel like if you are writing like a really crazy lyrical verse, it's kind of hard to like work rhythm into it in a way that like feels very natural and spontaneous. It kind of like it's always it's like most likely gonna sound like um super constructed. But hey, when you simplify the formula like this much, it's a lot easier to just like slip into a rhythm and just do what like um fits like like you know what like, one of my favorite I'm going to circle back to something. You know what one of my favorite Kendrick lyrical performances? Collard Greens by Schoolboy Q. Oh, yeah. He ain't saying yeah. shit that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's, and, yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's like, what is the idea of what, quote-unquote, content is in your verse or your hook or whatever in your song in general is so poorly defined, and really it should just be subjective. That, that's that's. It's, yeah, like content doesn't that that's a word that doesn't mean anything. Like oh substance is another great word that people like to use. That word doesn't mean anything. How it's am I supposed like, to consume this content if there's no content in the content? What the hell? <laughs> you got me 
It's like you sound like an exhibit on Pimp My Rod. Yo, dog, I got some content in your content because I heard you make content. Uh, but even like the whole like you know substance versus style is a, an outdated, a very outdated critique. But just like mm. something that you'll still see pop up as it relates to you know music like this, and you know why why is it always hip hop? Interesting, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, really interesting how it doesn't really come up with like. Actually, I was thinking about this with the whole rock and hip hop thing about because we were talking about like rock and hip hop on the currency episode and like Muscle Car Chronicles and all that. And then I was thinking about cool kids and like hip hop rock crossovers and how hip hop is like the one genre that keeps going back on itself, rejecting itself. But it's like that's not actually true. You have hip hop, you have rock rejecting itself, but not really. Rock is rejecting other genres in rock like old time rock and roll is rejecting don't let me in that disco mm. like disco you know right huh. right weird. yeah it's always weird it's like but you know you know it's it's and, and i love or what this very subtle context is there's always other stuff you know just saying but there's always other stuff true stuff you know just other these other weird other things that keep getting rejected here but you just stop um, saying content and start saying stuff stuff i'm a, stu I'm a stuff creator <laughs> i make stuff yeah you know yeah that's, that's, that's what i do i do me, stuff I'm Dawson, i make stuff okay. <laughs> but yeah i i don't know it was a, more thinking about just like the integration of hip of rock into hip hop and how that's actually always been there as sort of like a fail safe. And that's mm. been there at the very least since like, I mean, I always go back to Rick Rubin doing it with LL Cool J with the beastie boys. And it's like, I think it fits well into the album. Cause Cardi eventually like, went there with, you know, a whole lot of red. Right. He, he made his own version of like, there were songs in there that were, definitely knowing statements in a raw, even in like a, you know, rockist uh, well, context. Yeah. And like Christian yeah. cover art, you know, the Slayer reference, the black flag reference, like he's obviously mm -hmm. about the reference points he's making. So, but this is not new territory. And it's like, why do we have to keep relitigating this discussion? Why are these disparate points? Why are these segregated? There's a word. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just, but it is a it is a worthwhile, you know, thing yeah. to to mention. You know, it's I, it's it's just it's things that hip hop. Why did Lil Yachty not get taken seriously until he put fucking six minute prog solos in his album? Yeah, jeez. And like, why is um, it arguably a less creative album than like Lil Boat One? I want to say. Yeah, I mean, it's something that sounded like, yeah, something that sounded fresh. Yeah. yeah. All right. We talked yeah. about Lil Yachty. Check out our Lana Del Rey episode. <laughs> plug. Follow the dots. Um, Spe speaking of plug. Speaking uh, of Lana Del Rey, let's talk more about Playboy Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, it is nice to hear, kind of going back to what I talked about, how it was nice to hear like 2017 style production. It was nice to hear, um, what do you call it? Um, like Had To, where it's like a Mexico drill beat, like very much mm. of its time. Um, that was nice okay. to. That's one of my issues with the album. One of my few issues. Okay, two issues. I called it an album. It feels like a mixtape in that I was thinking about it in terms of his albums, and this is the one that feels like it for some transitions between tracks feels less fluid than Dial It or Whole Lot of Red. 
Like there's certain yeah. things that flow together better, but overall this does feel kind of like he, this is the one that feels like a content dump. And second after <laughs> Flex and Kelly K, I kind of feel like had to as the ending feels a bit abrupt. I'm not convinced that like, I don't really think Cartier has that many like really great closers. They kind of just are like the last song, like you like, yeah, Hollow Red does have like a end on a really nice note. Um, I like how this album ends too, but it definitely does feel like just like one more song and then boom kind of thing. Um, it's a good song. It's a very good song. It was more to my point about how I feel like certain songs are thought about transitions, whereas I think on Dialect mm-hmm. and A Lot of Red, I feel like there was much more of a thought of a cohesive piece, whereas this definitely feels like a mixtape in terms of there are transitions between certain songs, but not about how it flows together as a piece. Mm-hmm. It, um, it, re- it flows really well to me, but that might just be because I've heard it maybe the most. Like, I think I've, it might have like, just been something I mean, I wouldn't say it flows together poorly, like, especially just comparatively to the other. Yeah. I feel like you like this better than, you like this better than Dial It. I do, and I really can't tell, but decide between this and Hollow to Red at this point. It's tough, tough comparison. Um, it, they're, but, they're, they're doing very, I mean, I prefer Whole Lot of Red, but I feel like they're in depth, they're definitely doing different things, oh, which yeah. is... Avi, I mean, I feel like he's also in so much more of an artistically evolved space, and that's a pompous ass statement. Um, but I feel like a whole lot of red just has a whole lot of red. Thing about it is, the songs get to the point quicker, which I think speaks to where he changed the musical landscape in terms of. That's where I kept going with the whole. It's become kind of a meme. I don't know, and it can be a meme if only you're if you're the only one saying it, but. I say the thing all the time about like the uh, Robert Pollard uh, Playboy Cardi thing in the podcast about like they're both two they're two people who just get to the point like they just like make a structure where the hook is the point and mm. I think he got there with a whole lot of red leaks and a whole lot of red where the songs are structured that way whereas on this album like you have songs that are a bit repetitive where they're the same type of thing but they still go to an old media type of song structure if that makes sense. Like you have things that are three minutes that in whole lot of red era would have been a minute and a half. Yeah, true. Like that's a good point. Probably if I listen back to some of these, I probably could have been like, yeah, this would have been shorter nowadays. And it's um, not necessarily detriment because he has such a hypnotic flow and the way it's structured, it still works. But yeah. I feel like tighter and more accomplished at that sort of thing. So he didn't mm-hmm. know that he could do that. That essentially it's like I didn't know I could do that. Yeah. I think Hole mm-hmm. of the Red versus this to me is like, do you want the one where he's like pushing himself as far out of his comfort zone as he can, or the one where he's like really deep in a new comfort zone for him? And I think the latter wins out for me just because like he does it better than anyone else can. Yeah. I but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like vastly prefer i mean i want to say vast vastly is a hard one because i listened to this again and i bumped it to a nine which puts all three in a nine so clearly they're oh, yeah. all in yeah they're pretty much all in or ten ones. yeah i mean it, so would you say that this is your favorite overall chops or yeah um i think it edges out because like whole lot of red if 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 the most like if the most like 
pioneering one is the best, then it's whole lot of red. If the one that means the most to the to people is the best, it's dilute. If the best is my favorite with the most memories I have with it, it's this for sure. So I think it's this, yeah. Yeah, I would say that for you, obviously the the third would probably be the answer. But I mean, I think objectively to use the term that we've been throwing around there, the second would probably yeah. buy and then dilit, which is mm. clearly that holds some weight because that's the impetus for this whole series. So mm. Yeah. I can't speak Although, for But then again you do have whole lot of red is the end point of it all. Mm. I really do not know what's next. Which is refreshing, though. That's the thing. Like, and yeah, I true. do love following an artist where you really don't know where they're going to go. Yeah. Although, again, where they're going to go is they wear a fucking ski mask and go on Infowars with a fucking short little Nazi fuck. And then it's like, I wish I yeah. didn't know where you're going to go sometimes. So then it's like, maybe that shouldn't be your favorite artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 but it's all about like you know. But we kind of you know, there's been no yeah. indication that's like that. That's a whole other kettle. So <laughs> too too much of that discussion on this episode. You know, I, I agree. Ch- Ch- I Chops, agree. what's your Chops? Relax, what's your favorite? Relaxed that rule a little much on this episode. I apologize. So no, you're <laughs> Ch- Chops, you got a favorite? You got a favorite song on here? Favorite run? What what what, what on here speaks to you the most? Ooh, um. Hmm, that's a damn good question. Um, that's a tough one. I'm gonna honestly just give it to Kelly K, just because I fucking adore that beat. I think it sounds absolutely like joyous and the little like uh, the little like money counter sound, the little like sign yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, and then if we're talking like best moments, Uzi on looking is way up there. Just the like. Yeah, his just flow on that. Yeah. Into the, like faster flow, and then like yeah. being able to go back to like kind of how Carty does it himself. When, um, when he when it transitions back to the hook, and he's like, "Oh, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot." Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that part. I love. He just sounds so cool on that shit. Yeah, um, for real. Um, that and anything else. Um, uh. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Uh, Rocky on New Chopper as well. Like, because there's only like two verses on here that are like that, they feel like they're very distinct. Yeah, special in a certain way. Just like it comes in, it's like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. So, the H to the uh, the H to the double hockey stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking remember that. I love the censored stuff like that. Um, one of the things that I remember about, I forgot about Rocky on this is that he says, I didn't want to rush it. And then I, I, as it ended, I was like, you had the shortest verse on the album. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, ru- like, you actually rushed it. And he rushed testing too. Well, it sounds that way anyway. In a different way. Yeah. Um, although I think with testing, he was kind of trying to catch up to this like sound in a bit. Yeah. I feel like I could I could go back to testing and suddenly be like, oh, like Palmy thinks, Palmy thinks I should probably go back to it because it might be amazing, and I may have just no. not been ready for it. I don't know. Eh. Testing has stuff that's cool on it. There's stuff on there that I that I love, but there's also stuff on there that's like you know, meh. And there's yeah. a really good 
that Frank Ocean guy has a really good part on testing. I'll say that much. Um, so true. Yeah. He he was sh- and Rocky was sure to put like uh, the Lauren Hill sample over Frank, so they overlap really annoyingly. So it was really sweet of him to do that. Yeah, I, I think testing was something that he probably could have sat on for a while, but he was anxious about being yeah. overshadowed, which is interesting considering how silent he was after it. Then he yeah, made true. But he clearly, had, I mean, shout out to the immortal Justin Bieber tweet about, I'm glad Donald Trump got ASAP Rocky out of Canada, but I wish he would. Uh, I forget what the other half of that was. <laughs> But it was just like the most darkest timeline thing where it's like Justin Bieber is talking sense to Donald Trump. Wait, what the fuck are we all talking about? Like? The, 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 the pure contrast between Justin Bieber being like, oh, Donald Trump, thank you, but I wish you would have did this thing. And then Freddie Gibbs is like, fuck that shit. Let them kids out of the border bit. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful moment in time. Uh, it is it, it is 2017. You don't realize like that was a long time ago. Like <laughs> yeah. it really It really makes you think about how chaotic we were in the like early days of being terminally online now we've just hey, we've gone kids are probably still in fucking cages <laughs> jesus Christ. quite possibly oh my god don't like look too hard it don't pull too hard on that thread they're probably no no don't don't go don't go that far yeah um I we know, you know what we didn't talk about uh, and to get away from this as fast as possible before we wrap this up you know what we didn't talk about is i am a uh do that shit appreciator. I love oh, it. Yeah. Okay, do that shit. I gained a lot of appreciation for because I actually feel like that's a nice Pierre bookend to Magnolia. Like he flows the same way he does mm. on Magnolia. Ooh, and, yeah. yeah. So I think that do that shit was like that became top five for me that I was not prior when I gave this listen. Mm. I think it's in my top five too. That's a beautiful, beautiful song. I love that beat. Oh, um, 100%. Another beat that kind of like you know similar to Magnolia has this like you know warmth, the the, the warmth uh, to it. So it yeah. has, I would say, that just general Pierre sound, mm-hmm. which which is a sound that, while not necessarily you know from an artist perspective, would be replicated. Pierre being a massive producer and this being the big breakout of Pierre. I mean that tag on Magnolia. People love that tag, and it, it stuck. And that's you know, oh, yeah. he, it, it was a distinct sound, and especially like you know, outside well, I mean, of like outside of like the Metro Boomin tag, like that that tag is iconic. It really is. It is I the most iconic. That, are you saying it's Wait, the, the first reason the tag that? stuck though? Is it kind of sa- like Magnolia? Just kind of sounds like he's running into a live show, and like his producer, they're kind of trying to get everything together, and he's running up like in New York, a million rock. Yeah the live crowd out there and they're trying to get Pierre out there. Like that's why that works. And it's so fucking perfect in context. It's stuck with him for the rest of his life. Like you can't hear a Pierre song and not hear, yo Pierre, you want to come out here? If he went to another producer tag, people would like just stop know. listening to the music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Even Pierre, he, he's so that is like, that tag was the first step in like his quote unquote like branding in the sense of like you know yeah, that that is that is what got him off the ground and now always, he is you know a rele- a massively relevant producer. Oh yeah you'll you'll always remember like um the right tag can do that. I remember there's an era where people would like really like seek out like future tapes without the DJ drops or whatever. Um but honestly having the right producer tag can really make you fucking stick in people's heads like um 
Of like, course. Uh, I mean, that's what that's literally what got I mean, outside of talent and connections, obviously. But like Metro had the same emergence when it was with Thug and Future, like yeah. and, and the Migos. Like it was the same it was the Mike Will back you know, going further back had I that. I mean hate that yeah. Mike bag. I used to hate that shit on Gucci tapes, but you know <laughs> eventually when I was listening to Gucci tapes, that's how I knew I was going to get like a fire beat circa I'm up. Like, oh Mike Will made it. Okay, right. this is gonna be not yeah. at this point or like like you know like, zaytoven or yeah they, right like it became like a it's again it's just like the sign of the times like it's don't be an old fucking pudding brain like things change like the language yeah. change like it's like sampling and, and you can you weave it into right it's like yeah, you were about to say it's like sampling you, you weave it into the, the the beginning of the songs there are songs that i can't hear without the tag because they're put in a distinct place and it just fits. Yeah. Honestly, we should have always had producer tags. Like, imagine if uh, station to station. Imagine how much better that would be if it was like. And like it, if, what would Brian? Track. What would Brian Eno's tag be? What, what's the Eno tag? Um, <laughs> that's a good. Uh, that's a good question. It's like, like, like Eno uh, made this one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be that. Fake producer know. tags is a funny is a funny bit. It's, we should bring back. It's a funny bit. We can't actually do the voices for, so we can't actually pull it off. His producer but, tag would be the Windows ninety five logo. I realize. Yeah, it would about? just be like the Windows ninety five thing. It'd be like Eno the activist or something. <laughs> <laughs> I need like I need like uh, DJ Esco tags, but for but but for like. Autocur album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a Scottish I apologize to all my coworkers who have long since stopped listening to this and don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, Patrick's coworkers, go listen to Gantz Graf. It's good, I promise. You'll like it. Uh, uh, why are you recommending them Gantz Graf? Because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> go listen to Garbage EP. Yeah, that, that'll <laughs> No, the, like, the truth is in the name. You can't listen to Garbage EP. It's bad. Well, I mean, that was a protest EP because of the fucking rain laws, which was awesome, but still. <laughs> oh, that's anti, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I yeah, Thank you. Oh, yeah, no, Patrick's co-workers, go listen to Flutter. It's a beautiful song, and it's got a little message in it, so. Go listen to Crystal Knocks by John Zorn. <laughs> Patrick's co-workers, go follow me on, on OM. I promise I have, like, occasionally not cringe moments. You yeah. do, you do, you do, you have, you have. Um, don't don't uh, follow anyone on RYM. Don't. What the fuck are you <laughs> doing? Don't follow anyone. Yeah. No, don't do that. I was I was giving uh, our esteemed guest a compliment. Don't actually follow anyone. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> if you do, I'll block you. I promise. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to our guest Jermaine Sin. <laughs> oh God. On that note, we. Sh- <laughs> Uh, Chops, anything else you want to say about yeah. the self-titled or... I, do, I was about to try and pronounce your artist's name and I completely butchered it because I was trying to give you a plug, but... Uh, oh, no. Plug, your, plug yourself. Plug away. Yeah, plug yourself because oh. you pronounced your artist's name correctly. Okay. Um, I I really like this Playbook I album cover a lot, actually, and my, my I make music as Unknown Damage and it's, like, kind of banging, maybe? Strong. You think, uh, you, think, you think Cardi would sound good over, over your... Uh, your your songs. There's only one way to find out. There's only one. Uh, we might as well put it out there. In the he universe. must have been docked by now at some point. I can get that Cardi number. I'm sure. 
Oh, you'll be don't, well, you know, don't challenge. If you go on, if you go on like the subreddit, I'm sure you'll find All something. Right. All right, yeah. Chops, you're really like fucking baiting the bear here. First, you know, you challenge my coworkers <laughs> to go on RYM. And now you're doxing. No, 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 no. Don't, don't dox Playboy Carti. I'm just saying if this happened, I'm going to make some things happen. That's all. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, you got your shit out there. <laughs> uh, he's shooting a shot. You know, he's, he's shooting a shot. I, I understand. Um, but a- anything on, anything um, on this record or Cardi going forward that you want to say, you know, speak now, uh, you know. Um, um, ooh, good question. I guess I'll say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think the next album's going to sound like? I'll say that. Uh, it should be hexed. If he knows what he's, if he knows what's right, it'll be hexed. You don't think, this is, this is a, this is an asinine statement by me. You don't think hexed is like, so 2020, 2021, like you don't think we're, we moved past that now? Uh, in my heart, it's like cloud rap, where it's like it kind of goes away a little bit, and then it's gonna come back and be. It'll have a resurgence. I could, I could see it. I hope because it had potential that it didn't reach. Like I think, but you know, I, I, I agree. I agree. All right, no, that's fair. That's fair. He's, you know, look, if if going off of the the fake page for it, it's gonna be called like music or whatever, which I still can't be convinced that's a real thing. So no way. Uh, that's still I guess up. We'll... That's still up, huh? Yeah, I bet it's got a good Conan books. No, I'm not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not reading all of that. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Much like us, that comment box is living off borrowed time. Yeah, true. Indeed. What a good and cycle back that was. Is uh, the borrowed time instrumental by Billy Woods, made by Yoon Classic, and our outro music, as always, is stagnated pace by Can Kick. Chops, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. And uh, we will join you next time for more Playboy Cardi discussion. One out of 36 episodes. Peace. Time will dawn upon us.